Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. <laughs> wait, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. I messed that up. I messed it up. No, you got it. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to this week's installment of <laughs> Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review ski podcast it's in us. the known multiverse and beyond. And mm-hmm. who are the hosts of this thing? Why, it's me, your good old Uncle Ben. And me, your bad old Hollywood Steve. Woo, woo, woo! What's up, Hollywood Steve? Ow! How you doing over there? W-O. You doing good this week, Steve? Um, I am doing great. I just came back from a birthday party. And boy, are your arms tired. Am yeah, I right? I'm right. right there. Yeah. Using yeah. my arms. Yep. Well, who's having a birth talk? Uh, our homegirl, Mangelina Broly. What did she have to say? Was she like, they say it's my birthday? Yeah, she was being Ballet, ballet, cute. ballet, mm-hmm. ballet. Yeah, she's a fun one. Uh, met her boyfriend for the first time. He's yeah, a fun guy. Yeah, yeah. Really He's a nice. handsome one. Yes, he is. Full head of hair on that guy. Yes, sir. That is true. Awesome. Um, also saw our homeboy Andy Wood. Oh, Andy Wood. Yeah, I like that Andy Wood. Yeah. And, and I you- saw my wife and several other people that were cool. But, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you guys were at, at Token, which is like a bar- yeah. a barcade scenario. Yeah, that was real fun. They I had love uh, a barcade. Dude. I had never seen this before. They had, uh, I of course I don't go to arcades, so why would I have seen it? But they had a, a like a PvP Pac-Man game oh, where four really? people are playing Pac-Man oh, at the same okay. time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And when you eat one of the power pellets, you turn into a larger Pac-Man, and you can eat the other smaller Pac-Man. That sounds slightly arousing. Honestly, it was pretty fun. I had a good time. Highly erotically charged. And Pac-Man the ghosts action. are still there, ghosting around, trying to eat it. So okay, yeah. all right. That adds that necrophiliac element to yeah. the show. Big okay. neck. I yeah. like. Yeah, again, sticking their necks out. <laughs> Big necrophilia. Always trying to get in a business. Did you play any good games? Was there a street fight going on? Oh, that's on? the only one we played. I'm an old man. I like sitting around and talking. So, Oh, man. Uh, really? But my wife played the Game of Thrones pinball machine. There's a Game of Thrones pinball? Yeah. They Is had the a best? lot of pinball. I don't know. Does it have boobs? I think it probably does if you get enough points. Yeah. Yeah. So. Boobs just pop out. <laughs> and it like gives you some exposition about the next pinball or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've played a lot of pinball machines. I don't know that I've ever noticed a difference between any of them. No, nah, they're all really yeah. about the same. There's people that yeah. are like pinball enthusiasts that are like, unsubscribe right, right. now. But <laughs> I mean, they really all seem about the same to There's me. There's a guy sitting there holding a pennant that just says pinball. Pinball wizard. And he, he just like just lowered as yeah. he heard us say that and he turned off the podcast. I thought we were friends. Yeah. I thought I finally found somebody in this world. Who would understand my pinball obsession and my love of horror movies. <laughs> Turns out they're haters, just like everybody else. Mom, everybody lets me down. We're the tendies. <laughs> you got a favorite arcade game by chance? Um, I think this is a topic we haven't really broached I, did, I mean, before. I, I like a classic uh, Mortal Kombat. I Mortal do remember really Kombat. loving playing Mortal Kombat. And Who do you play as? Well, um, on the arcade, like, because the first time I beat it on SNES, yeah. I did it with Johnny Cage. Uh-huh. Because his move set was easy on the controller. Because, like, you have to get used hey. to moving from the joystick to the controller. The first time I beat it on the SNES, it was <laughs> yeah. with Sonya Blade. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, I mean, like, like you know, you beat, beat the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah. I beat Shang Tsung. Oh, okay. What do you think I meant? Uh, I thought you meant masturbating. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. no. Sonya Blade. Uh-uh, no, Chun-Li. A.K.A. Veronica Vaughn. Chun-Li was my first. Masturbation? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay. Obviously. <laughs> to Super NES, yes. Yeah. But I also, like, I always loved the Marvel vs. Capcom games 
but I, they were too fast for me. They're very fast. Like it's like crackhead fighting games. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite though is maybe either The Simpsons. The arcade Simpsons game. arcade game is the shit. It it's was so awesome. awesome. And then also the there was an Avengers arcade game that was oh my very god, similar. do you remember it? Yes, you could play as like Vision mm-hmm. and all kinds yeah. of different characters. That, that one was, was awesome. awesome. I remember putting uh, standing at a. I think it was a food lion. Okay. Standing, uh, this sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Standing, playing an Avengers game. I ended up putting like $7 and quarters in it. And it was just a quarter per play. Dude. And I almost beat the game. And then I ran out of quarters. So I never went to arcades as a kid. Because yeah, like my parents would never around. drop me off at the mall. Like a lot of yeah, my friends, their parents okay. like drop them off at the mall. Yeah, and they, Like I hope somebody kidnaps you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but like my parents would never do that. So I never really got to spend time in arcades. Mm. But, you know, there were a few, like, department stores and stuff like that that had arcade machines outside yeah. of them here in town. Dude, the one that consistently always had the best arcade machines in Jefferson City, just fucking Podunk, Tennessee, was Big Lots. Really? Do you remember that? Did you ever go in there? I never went in there to play the, the video games. They had they had Street Fighter 2 for a really long okay. time. Dude, they had a Samurai Showdown oh, arcade game. Wow. At Big Lots. At Big Lots. And this is before Big Lots was like kinda kinda cool like it is. Yeah, now. it was before they had commercials. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was when it was just a, a dive of a place. And, and they had Samurai when Showdown. Some of them were named Big Lots and some were named Odd Lots. Odd you Lots. Remember Holy this? shit. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that has taken me way back way right back. there. Yeah, I loved playing basically any of the fighters and stuff. So, yeah, yeah Killer Instinct was like a huge uh, one. I always loved playing one, that. Uh, yeah. I like they had that at the Walmart in Morristown <laughs> is where I played that one. Yeah. I was like, there's so many things that like, you know, because we have the internet now, you just assume that everything's on the internet. Yeah. But there's actually a period of time that's really not covered by the internet hmm. and it's that early period when the internet started to exist right yeah, but yeah. most people didn't have it it's like the 94 95 96 yeah. kind of range so yeah. if you can dig down into like real old message boards and stuff you might find somebody talking about these things but yeah. other than that yeah. if you're like you know i've looked up uh video stores that i used to go to in different mm-hmm. places different parts of town like jefferson city and more sound like the only people that are going to remember that are the people that live around here, and they yeah. don't think I should put this on the internet, like yeah. the history of this, because <laughs> it's interesting. Your only hope would be any of those like local town like topics mm-hmm. boards, but yeah. those things are just dens of scum and yes, villainy. Yes, they are. Like, you the wouldn't worst, believe the worst type of people. Oh my god, yeah. they're terrible, man. I wish I could have made it out to old Mangelina's birthday. It seemed it like was it was going to be yeah. a great time. I would have loved to have. Played an arcade machine. I would have loved to beat Andy Wood's ass in Street Fighter. <laughs> totally would have done have you that. Been, you've been there? Have you been to Tokyo? Yeah. I have. Okay, yeah. They have like SNES set up and yeah, like dude. all sorts of cool stuff. Xbox. And they got beer and liquor. And they have beer and liquor, yeah. Beer and liquor. Their sp- beer selection's not huge, but yeah. they have some good ones. Yes, indeed. I'm fixing to, to pop into one that I think is going to be a good one right here. Let's hear about it. Now, Steve, this is a very special burr. This thing arrived. Via mail. Who sent us this thing? Tim Sar. Tim and if I'm mispronouncing your last name, I am sorry, dude. Sar man. Thank you so much for the beer. The awesome. Thank you so much for These mailing us. These are coming from stuff, Michigan. Tim. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I've never seen either of these that we're having tonight. So. This is a Saugatuck Brewing Company Blueberry Maple Stout. 
As soon as I unboxed these beers that Tim sent us, this is one of the first ones that I saw, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, because that sounds awesome. It's got a lumberjack on the front. Of course. Eating some flapjacks. And some blueberries, I assume. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to trying this thing out right here. It should be pretty pretty magical. Yeah, I couldn't come to the birthday party because yeah, we- uh, had some stuff. We, yeah, we've unfortunately kind of had ourselves a little bit of a bad streak here lately. Um, were, were you? Did you do your thing again where you talked about how great everything was going? And that might have been it. Kind of fucked up. Actually, I think so. Oh no! Yeah, because I think I think I was recently <laughs> just kind of talking about how it's like cool, man. I have some free time. I've been playing yeah. guitar, wanting to sit down and write some tunes and stuff like no this. No home or family issues to consider. Yeah, you should never ever say that. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, like we we had a skank banger show Saturday, which was awesome. It was a private party. Yeah, I heard about this. It was huh? it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And so I got to like sound check really early in the day, and um, Kate calls me. Well, actually, I think she sent me a text saying that like her her grandfather had been admitted back into the ER again and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been doing he's been doing pretty rough since the holidays, I guess. Uh, he's got congestive yeah. heart failure, mm-hmm. and that's also what my mom's dad died of too. So yeah, kind of. I think it's pretty before. common. Yeah, for, definitely. Yeah. And so he got put in the ER and he was doing really bad. And then she called me like an hour or two later and she's like, Hey, we, our upstairs bathroom just flooded. Jesus. Yeah. And you know, again, keep in mind, we're trying to like move and sell our house and stuff. Yeah. So home repairs aren't exactly on my favorite list of things to do right, right now. Right. Cause you want to leave the home behind and let <laughs> yeah. the next person just deal with whatever issues come. Precisely. Yeah. But basically the supply line to the underside of like the toilet tank, just like Ugh. sheared in half. Kate said by the time she got upstairs, it sounded like the shower was running. There's like half mm. an inch of water in the bathroom and stuff. Yeah. Just total chaos, man. Sucks. And uh, But, you know, played the show, came back, show went good and stuff like that. And then early this morning, around three in the morning or so, I guess, uh, is when uh, Kate's grandfather passed away at home. Yeah. Surrounded by family and well, that's, stuff. that's a positive. You know, that it, it's the kind of thing where it, of course... Very, very, very much sucks to see anybody go. And this is actually mm. us. We were talking about this last night. It's like, as long as I've known Kate and her family, which has been like, you know, sixteen or seventeen years, something like that. Yeah. Like this is the first like major bad thing that's happened in the family. Oh wow! Which is that's pr- very fortunate. A pretty fucking yeah. good streak. I yeah. mean, both of my both of my grandfathers died. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. One died when I think I was about fifteen. The other one died when I was maybe about nineteen. Yeah. Uh, I have no grandparents left at all. Oh, okay. You know? And so, uh, it's a pretty good streak. And I mean, yeah. the, the guy, you know, he he was, let's see, born in like 34. He lived to like 83 years old. He's wow. going to be 84 this year, I guess. Pretty like, damn good I run. When I think about that, because like my, my grandparents are approaching that age, and my yeah. great-grandmother died um, like six years ago or seven years wow. ago and she great was, grandmother yeah dude for yeah. you to be in your 30s and still have a great grandmother yeah that's Holy crazy shit. yeah well that that's the thing i always think about is like sometimes i think you know you start to feel you start to age and you start to feel pain and you're like oh god like i don't have much longer to go yeah but then i look at my family history and it's like no i got a long fucking time <laughs> you go to my go. back's gonna be hurting for a long yeah. fucking time yeah that's exactly what you start thinking it's not like <laughs> oh is this back is my back hurting because i'm having a heart attack which is the type of shit my anxiety makes me think yeah um it, to just the realization that no it just hurts and that's gonna happen that's from what now getting on old does yeah dude sorry we just I, interrupted beer, you. Yeah. I just sipped this beer and the the shock and awe that just came over me 
holy fucking god, it tastes like a stack of blueberry pancakes, yeah. maple syrup, and a cup of coffee. That is really what that tastes like. It that tastes like phenomenal. breakfast. That's amazing. If I was a lumberjack, I would have this with my breakfast every day. Isn't, didn't you say it's from Shockinaw, Michigan? Correct. That's my favorite city in Michigan. Oh, Shockinaw. Shockinaw. Dude. I made that one up. That was, <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. I love this. Exactly like what it says on the can or on the, the, the bottle. The like. blueberry flavor really just sticks mm-hmm. with you. And I've had some blueberry beers that have been terrible. Oh, yeah, just awful, like cough this, syrupy. Yeah, this is not that. It's just a <laughs> hint of blueberry. Well, it tastes like a real blueberry, it too. It does. It tastes like a real blueberry. It's just a hint along with that maple and that coffee sort of stout Dude. flavor. That's great. Oh, Lord, that is good. But, you know, it's it's sad to see uh, it's sad to see him go and stuff. But, you know, I mean, Guy, Guy had a hell of a good run. I mean, mm-hmm. to be married, yeah. married and faithful to the same woman for 60-odd years, like yeah. 63 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, my grandparents have been like that they've yeah. been together since my grandmother was 15 wow i think my they got married was when, 17 when nana was like yeah 17 or something like mm. that you know it's when they got married it's crazy it's crazy and you know he he raised a bunch of really successful sons who have families of their own and yeah to live to that age and i mean i, I was even thinking back to like you know last year mm-hmm. i was still like working side by side with that old guy like raising a raising a barn down at Kate's parents river property and that guy just working circles around everybody i mean to live to be in your 80s yeah still be surrounded by the people that you love yeah still have your wits about you and not have like alzheimer's or dementia or anything you know terrible making you fall apart mentally yeah guy had a pretty good life and then to again to die at home surrounded by people you love and stuff much worse ways to go. Much yeah, worse that, ways to go. The Alzheimer's dementia route really scares me. And we talked about oh, this recently so. because my my wife's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. grandmother That's died. Right. Yeah. She died of dementia. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know exactly what kills you with dementia. I know yeah. dementia can kill you. Right. Like it can eat apart, eat away at the parts of your brain that control like your heart and sure. your, your yeah, yeah, breathing yeah. functions. But I think she died something else a little bit before that all happened. But it's like going through that like forgetting your family forgetting oh, yeah. the people I mean, you love like and and putting them through that that's I the thing i would say, be worried about yeah. is that i because like you wouldn't i mean you would i guess from time to time remember that you're forgetting yeah i'd be like oh shit you're my kid yeah yeah, yeah most which is of it would be real sad. hard on them oh absolutely Oof. so yeah so it's a it's a shame to see him go but i mean guy had a, a hell of a good long ride mm-hmm. i want to I bring this thing back up here steve and talk about some fun shit i've been watching here lately oh damn tell me all about it so we sat down the other night and watched wreck it ralph ralph breaks the internet okay i haven't seen this one yet i saw the first one i liked it what did you think about it it was good. Like okay. I, I love the original one. I mm-hmm. think the first one is just a, a blast, especially if you like old school video games and yeah, stuff. A lot of, of fun the to watch. References and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and in this one, you know, it's more about the internet, and there's a lot of like Disney properties and stuff in there. So they bring uh, in Star Wars and all the Disney okay. princesses and stuff like that. So there's a lot of licenses and stuff going on. There's some good funny stuff in there. Um, I'll say it's watching just for the Disney princess scenes. Okay. The scenes with the Disney princesses are fucking hilarious okay absolutely hilarious really good but overall i don't know it didn't exactly like hold my interest super super well there wasn't really like a clear um you know villain or struggle kind of narrative okay a little convoluted story-wise and stuff still pretty good some amazing animation 
really, yeah, really I like, great. I like the animation on the Wreck-It Ralph. Movie. Yeah. yeah. I just have a harder and harder time hearing John C. Riley and not just thinking about Steve Brule, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can't separate yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, we've also been going through and re-watching all of Game of Thrones. Oh, man. Dude. And it's even better than I fucking remember. We started from yeah. season one, episode one. We now are on... We just watched episode two of season mm-hmm. two before we started the show. Dude, it's it's just so fucking good. Like, yeah. you watch that first episode of the show, and you're like, my God, it would have been impossible for this to fail. Um, okay, so Emily and I have done this. We've gone back and rewatched it a couple of times. And what yeah. I will say about that first episode is that it sets up literally everything. everything. Fucking everything. Yeah. It's all right there. Every single bit of it. So yeah, yeah. It's crazy how much... Like, they... Like we, just from the conversation with Old Nan and Bran, you learn that he's basically gonna become the Three Eyed Raven. Yeah, like there's, yeah. There's like, Three Eyed Raven stuff like in the first couple episodes. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah, like, it's so crazy that they. I mean, obviously George R. R. Martin had been working on these books forever. He yeah. had set these things up, and a lot of people don't like the most recent season that much, or even the season before that that much. Yeah, it because a lot of it's being filled in. Yeah. From, not from the books but I, I think I think it's still in the same ballpark as the first season mm-hmm. I think the first season is good yeah. but I think like that second and third season are where it gets like great yeah yeah but I think the first season and like the most recent season ha- are very similar to me like the, yeah, the the tone is consistent yeah there's it's not, not like the show became a fucking comedy yeah people always want there to be a ton of action but like that first season doesn't have a ton of action you know i was thinking about that because that was one thing that i did notice about i think especially maybe season four i uh-huh. want to say where there's like a lot of the stuff like the, the battle of blackwater and, and stuff is that season four is that season two i think that's two yeah, yeah okay. two is blackwater okay. but like a lot of season four or maybe five was just a lot of like monologuing and stuff. Yeah, but you go back and you watch the earlier ones, and you're like, yeah, there's actually just kind of a lot of talking. On yeah, the it's show. a bunch it's of a talking. talking show. There's less sex now than there was before. Maybe yeah. that's what people are mad about. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it's it's seriously just fucking killer. It's honestly also wild. when they killed off Roz as May Bianco, I was not happy. Yeah, right. She's so pretty. I know. And man. she was a great character. Great and she's character. not in the books. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they had to kill her off, but yeah. But man, it's it's funny too, just to go back and watch how young so many of these actors and actresses are. Oh man. And yeah. it makes you realize it's like, oh yeah, I've been watching this show for almost a decade. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Sophie Turner is just a little bitty girl in the first episode, basically. Like yeah. she's so young and yeah. now she's just this gorgeous woman. Yeah. She's the Phoenix. Yeah. Maisie Williams, interestingly, still looks like so a young girl. The same. Yeah. 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 But even uh, uh, fucking Jon Snow. Oh, yeah. He looks so young. He looks so young, uh-huh. dude. And now he's just a fucking badass. And he's everywhere. Oh, Kit badass Harrington. Jon Snow. Kit Harrington. That's, uh-huh. That's him. But yeah, it's been it's been great, man. It's been fucking great. And the whole Cal Drogo, Khaleesi storyline in the first mm-hmm. season. Yeah. God, it's so fucking good. I yeah. want like an alternate version of the show where he doesn't die and they just destroy the world. That is what would have happened, basically, oh, if dude, he didn't yeah. die. They would have no just contest. destroyed the world. So fucking good, yeah. man. So I've been enjoying that stuff. What have you been watching? Anything good? Uh, I've been watching season four of iZombie. iZombie. I still haven't mm-hmm. watched any of it. I remember you talking about this on earlier like shows. Man, yeah, I like the show. I mean, it's it'll remind you of like Buffy or Charmed. I enjoy that. Yeah. So kind of a... Supernatural, maybe. Comedic, kind of campy yeah. horror show. Comedic, campy, but, you know, like 
has some heart to it. All right. I like that. I'm on yeah. board. Um, and season four has been really interesting. I've liked it uh, because at this point, well, you know what? I won't ruin it for anybody, but at this point, I did. the Seattle of iZombie is way different than it started. Oh. What? Things be changing. Yeah. I also watched Velvet Buzzsaw, but that was like a couple weeks ago. I should have mentioned it last week. I guess I'll talk about it this week. Velvet Buzzsaw. It's made by uh, the guy who made Nightcrawler. Okay. And also has Jake Gyllenhaal. I never um, saw Nightcrawler either. Oh. Well, fix that. But it wasn't about like Bamf Nightcrawler. No, it wasn't. That's but disappointing if already. If they I'll got Jake Gyllenhaal to play Nightcrawler, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I can all see right, that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, it's it's about uh, basically a guy just trying to get a scoop on the news. Basically, it's about Harvey Levin of TMZ. And about how psychotic and sociopath, sociopathic you have to be to try to be the first person at a site of a shooting Damn. or an accident. Or Shit, whatever. okay. Um, anyway, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw is about the art world. It's a horror movie about the art world. Oh, no shit. It's not, it's not as much horror as it... Uh, like, it has horror elements, mm-hmm. but it, it seems more like a... Black, I like a dark comedy. Okay. A um, lot of great people. John Malkovich, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, it also has a kill in it that is a direct reference to a kill in Tales from the Hood. Oh, no shit. Yes. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, dude, what? We're doing that in a couple Tying weeks. it all together, man. Yeah. Tying it all together. But yeah, I mean, like a lot of people are disappointed by it because it's not. It's not. It's not the horror movie you might be wanting from the beginning. Okay. Because it's more it's more comedic, a little bit more light, but also more about the art world and the horrific nature of trying to be an artist and make money. Hmm. That sounds interesting to me. Yeah. I'm on I, board. I'd recommend it. It's on Netflix. Okay. I'll have mm-hmm. to give that a watch, man. Did you continue your John Carpenter yes, quest this week, too? You've been on yeah. this kick where you've been watching mm-hmm. literally every yep. John Carpenter movie. I finally horror finished. Movie, right? Yeah. This well, reminds me of a time when I was in college that myself and Kate and her roommate at the time decided that we were going to watch every Meg Ryan movie. <laughs> Literally all of them. Oh no! You know How'd what? It go? Uh, They're all about the same. We got tired of it towards the end. Yeah, towards the middle. Wait, towards the beginning of the middle. What was the one where there are only women in it? Uh, and I didn't even know that until like halfway no. through it. I was like, wait a Probably. second. Probably. I there mean, haven't been any men in this. I think it had like. I think Meg Ryan was in it. Yeah. I'm not positive. This would have been around like 2004. Would have been like the cutoff point. Huh. Okay. So we watched all of them. Wow. How's the John Carpenter thing working out? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully better than the Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I finally saw Cigarette Burns, which I hadn't seen. That's a master of That's a horror. That's a master of horror. It's, uh, it's like 50 minutes or whatever. Okay. Uh, has Norman Reedus. Uh, b- long before he was uh, Daryl on The Walking Dead and, you know, around the time that he was on that terrible shit movie. What is that? <laughs> a boondock saint. Boondock saints. yeah. There was a firefight. Fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just fucking hate that movie. I disdain it. Like, it, it makes is, me happy. It is so... It's like some pretentious asshole's attempt at making Reservoir Dogs. I'm and, not gonna lie, dude. Like, in college and stuff... Yeah, oh, I drank the I'm Kool-Aid. Sure. I bet like a ton of people. I remember the MySpace days. Those were oh, Boondock yeah. Saints days. Yeah. Everybody was like, that's the best movie. Well, it was one of those things Donnie where it's Darko like. Donnie Darko or Boondock yeah. Saints. Yeah, <laughs> those are your two choices. Mm-hmm. 
But it was one of those things where whenever you met somebody that had seen it, yeah, it was like this instant connection where it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, cool, we've both seen Not this a movie lot of that nobody had seen. seen. This. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like, I mean, really, honestly, whenever you go back and watch it, there's a lot of just really dumb, dumb, dumb yeah. dialogue. The and, bartender that can't hear and makes the stupid. Oh, he's got jokes yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, the God. fuck ass guy. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> So Norman Reedus' acting in it isn't strong. Not to say Norman Reedus isn't a good actor, but in 2000, apparently, he wasn't. He needs to practice. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> What's the story about? Okay, so it's about this movie. Uh, it's a French movie. I believe the translation is the end of the world or something. La fin du monde. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Why no, did I, mean, I know that? Uh, yeah. Because well, oh, I mean, there's a beer there's called There's another Le Fin du Monde. word in, in between. <laughs> but La Fin du Monde is the end of the world. Yeah. It, it has something else in the title. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, it's about this movie that is about some people uh, capturing and uh, cutting the wings off of an angel. Holy shit. And that's every, fucked up. Everyone who's seen the movie goes crazy. Damn. Um, and Norman Reedus is tasked with finding it. For a guy who that wants sounds pretty to see it. sick. It's pretty great. So it's kind of like eight millimeter or something like that. It's got uh, elements of eight millimeter. More, more though. It's Lovecraftian. It's more like I like that. It's more of a Lovecraftian thing. When did that come out? Late nineties, early two thousands. It was early two thousands. Okay. Yeah. The first there are two seasons of Masters of Horror, and they were both like early two thousands. And uh, John Carpenter did two. He did another one called uh, Pro Life. Okay. Which is interesting. That the, the name logic. alone yeah. gets me excited. Uh, there's so many great episodes of Masters of Horror. The the Takashi Mike yeah. episode that was that they didn't even show. Is that imprint? Imprint. I yeah. have seen that. Imprint's yeah. fucking it's insane. fucking crazy, yeah. dude. Actually, you know what? It's funny, before we started recording this, I was talking about how I'd never watched any of the Masters of Horror stuff. I have seen some of it. Yeah, uh, okay. our, our buddy Brandon Subtle showed me a bunch yeah, of those. Okay. Because we watched that, we watched... Was Dumplings part of Masters of Horror? Yes, okay, I think yeah, so, I've seen yeah. that, too. Uh-huh. Maybe a couple of other ones. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I definitely need to watch... Yeah, because, yeah, they got stuff from Toby Hooper, John Carpenter, like... Toby uh, Wes Craven, like, everybody... Damn. The actual Masters of Horror. The Masters of Horror. Of Horror. Yeah. Holy shit. Dario Argento has a couple. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's worth watching. Does he have one... Daddy make it a pizza. Of course. Uh, number one is named make it a pizza. Number two, <sighs> a make it a spaghetti. Wow. Yeah. Sounds gripping. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you have watched every John Carpenter horror yeah. movie, what am I going to do with it? I know. I'm going to rank them. What's the worst one? Off the top of your head, when you now like, that one's like, t- okay, that what one's did you tough. have the least amount of the fun watching? The first that came to mind when you say the worst one is. Um, Village of the Damned or The Ward, but I haven't seen either of those. So those are worse than Ghosts of Mars. I've heard that's awful. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Ghosts of Mars though is supposed to be kind of campy and stupid fun. Okay, and it, yeah, it, that's where I think like it is shit. But like if you realize <laughs> that it's supposed to be kind of shit, it's supposed to be yeah, campy, yeah, yeah. That it that's a, makes it a bit better. And now that I think about it, though, The Ward, like Amber Heard in The Ward, is really good. And nobody's really good in Village of the Dam. Okay. So I'd say Village of the Dam might be his worst. I don't think worst. I've ever watched Village of the Dam. What is it about? Uh, oh, well, I mean, it's it's about a village that gets taken over by this sort of alien entity that impregnates all the women, and then they have these white-haired 
kids who have glowing red eyes. Okay, see, again, this goes back to the stuff we were talking about mm-hmm. last week on Candyman. I remember the box of this. Because yeah. in my head, I remember these little white, blonde kids. Yeah. And I was thinking of Children of the Corn for some reason. So that is Children yeah, of the Corn. Okay, so I remember the previews of it. It looked like it was Children of the Corn. Yeah. Uh, but it's children of the corny. Yeah, <laughs> children of the corny. <laughs> Man, um, corny. And it it is similar, though. I will say for sure, I think it's better than Children of the Corn. It's not very good. Children of the Corn's so it's bad. It's not very good. It's pretty boring. Wait, isn't Mark Hamill in that? Is he really? Because he's in Village of the Damned. Oh shit! And I think he's in Children of the Corn. It's been so well. long since I I'm watched it. I'm not positive it. on that. Yeah, it's been a long time. But uh, anyway, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I would say definitely then. It's it's Village of the Damned and then maybe Ghost of Mars and then The Ward. They're like Those are the bottom three. I've got to tell you how dumb my memory is. I remember the, the one time I watched Children of the Corn was a night that my good buddy, Adam Gunnels, okay. who's also a big uh, Halloween and horror movie fan, uh-huh. he was coming into town to visit us, and I was up late. I had made a dry curry... Oh. You know, it's like a yeah. non-sauce yeah, yeah. curry. Mm-hmm. I made a dry curry with a yogurt sauce. Okay. I mean, this was probably fucking at least 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Are you like that with stuff where you you like, you remember what you ate when you watched that movie? Sure. I yeah, do yeah. it constantly. Yeah, I, I, will, I have smell associations a lot that okay. are weird. Yeah. Like where I will smell something and I'll be suddenly just remember something that happened. It's like, oh, yeah. why does that smell? Like... Why why does smell and memory connect so much with me? Because I know other people have different things, but well, yeah, it's your like strongest taste and smell memory. are yeah, like smell. Yeah, I remember those things so perfectly. And sometimes I'll have a beer and be like, I've had this before. Yeah, like my memory will be like, Yeah, no, you remember this? It's yeah. weird, dude. And I've always been that way. Like in in my my super youth, uh-huh. where I was like drawing <laughs> pictures all the time and yeah. stuff. Before you youth. got sent from Krypton to Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, I could go through these old drawing pads and stuff of mine from when I was like eight, and I'll tell you what I had for dinner when I drew huh, that picture. That's really cool. It's bizarre. Yeah. I have no idea. Why. Like, Kate and I'll watch some movie that we haven't seen in like, you know, 12 years, and I'll be like, remember yeah. what we had for dinner when we watched this? And she'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll remember exactly what both of us had. I have no idea why. I love food. I do too. <laughs> and it's real cool. It's cool how our brains work too, because like... They used to think that like there were particular portions of your brain where you store memories, and they've discovered that that's not true. Your memories are stored all over your brain. Really? Your your memories are just these different connections all over your brain, and so like you you'll have memories that connect to smells, tastes, etc., or connect like memories of two separate, completely different things, but for some reason you associate them yeah, because yeah. they're like right, they're stored right in the same sort of area. Yeah, it may have been like. The color tone of everything was similar, so your brain was like, store it over here, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. events of everything could be File completely under different. similar. So crazy. That's crazy. Love man. how our brains work. I no wish, doubt. like, you know. I wish we understood them. Yeah, I wish we could totally <laughs> understand them and use them right. Yeah. That's cool. I definitely got to go through and watch some of those, man. I'm dying to watch those Masters of Horror, especially from what you just told me about cigarette burns. Yeah, that check it. really, really check interesting, it. man. Yeah. Now, Steve, we also sat down and watched ourselves... A little flick this week. What is the subject of this very podcast? Why is it Tales from the Hood? That's what I watched. Oh, good. Did you watch I, it too? Yeah. Oh man, man. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be? It would have been awkward. Uh, it would have been real raw. We would have continued though. 
whatever oh, yeah, it was. without a doubt yeah. without a doubt so I'm looking forward to talking about this movie because I'm gonna tell you what Steve like it was better than I was expecting yeah I kind of yeah. went no, into I this mean, movie I, with low expectations yeah. and it honestly kind of makes me feel shitty that I did no, you shouldn't feel shitty. I had low expectations when I saw it in 1995. 95? Yeah, when it came this. out. Yeah, Damn. Like, I, I think that the title and the box art of it kind of threw yeah. it under the bus. And I was going to say. made it be like, this is about gangster rap or something. This is not about gangster rap. No, no. I mean, there is a segment specifically that's about a gangster. Yeah. But not about rap. It's true. <laughs> no, it really did take me by surprise, though. And like you said, I think that the the kind of shitty box art and stuff. Yeah, like just a, a skull with a gold tooth and, and sunglasses. Sunglasses on, on it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, it's not exactly cool. And it no. just seemed, again, maybe by the title and stuff like that, it just kind of seemed to be like pandering, where it's just like, what? Uh, black people in a horror movie? I don't yeah. know, something from the hood. Yeah. It yeah. just seemed like, ugh, this I can see reeks of yeah. shitty quality or something. I remember seeing the, the like advertisements to this in comic books. Yeah, me too. And, yep. Um, at the video store, like around the time it was coming out, and just being like, oh, there's no way that's going to be good. Yeah. And then it came out, and I think it came out early in the year, and the you know by middle of the year it was on HBO, I believe. And I remember seeing it on HBO and being like, "Oh, this is great!" Yeah. What? I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised by it. I think mm-hmm. it's got some pretty dope stuff. So, before we get into the movie review portion of this show, I say that we just a slippity slide, just a slide on in to the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. And let's just spend a little bit of time here talking about maybe some other flicks that we watched that we went into with extremely low expectations that turned out just blowing our skirts up a little bit. Yeah. I think whenever I brought this topic up, the first one that you and I both thought of uh-huh. was the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Yeah. Fade Alvarez or Fade Alvarez. I don't know how his yeah. first name's pronounced. I don't know. But yeah, it was like the assumption was because Bruce, Bruce Campbell wasn't going to be in it. Yeah. Like Sam Raimi was just producing. It was just like, oh, it's going to be like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday uh-huh. the 13th. Just garbage. All these yeah. stupid fucking remakes that we had of these classic yeah. horror franchises that just completely missed the point or tried to rehash old glory. Right. And you just go, oh, why didn't I just watch the original instead? It if still I want to relive exists. all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> I didn't don't go need away. this new movie to be shitty no. when I can watch the old one that's great. But this movie, and we've talked about it on, I think, previous previous episodes of the show, mm-hmm. I mean, just really did everything right. It, it did. It retold the original story mm-hmm. in a very different way. Yeah. And upped the brutality yeah through the fucking roof it is one of the most brutal american horror movies i've ever seen i'm like yeah. i don't know how this got shown in the theaters it's so fucking <laughs> the part brutal. with the needle is is maybe like in like the part with the fucking electric bread or the electric knife oh god like good Ugh. god man i can't even think about that that's such a great like I remember uh, Emily and I watched it together I was like you want to watch this it's probably going to be bad and she loves watching a bad horror movie if we're drinking or something yeah and totally we start watching it it's like oh this is oh, not wait, bad this at is all good. <laughs> yeah yeah it was one that I rented it was like it was one of those things where you know it was one night where it was really late and it's like Kate was going to bed it might have been maybe you know midnight or one in the morning mm-hmm. and I was like man I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this Evil Dead remake I'm gonna rent it for yeah. you know two ninety nine or whatever on Amazon and she's yeah. like are you seriously you're paying money to watch that and I was like <laughs> eh I'm morbidly curious what can I say because I think that's the same time period where I'd watch like yeah the Friday the 13th remake right. and stuff like that I was like well let's just see how this one stacks up 
You know, I went into it with the lowest possible expectations, and it just blew my mind. Like, I it woke up the next morning, and I was that's yeah. how it stacks up. Yeah. It's great. I woke up the next day and I just told Kate, I was like, you have to watch this movie. Yeah. It is fucked up, man. It's so good. But still keeps the spirit of the original alive. Well, it's that's not the like thing. Is it departure. like it took away because like, you know, um, the second and then the third, of course, embraced the camp. Yeah. The but first the first one, one was is kind of beloved by people for how campy it is. But a lot of that camp is unintentional maybe or well you know what it kind of reminds me of is like with the original evil dead a lot of the campiness you know some of that came from the fact that the filming and stuff just completely did not go as intended and it ended up that the only actor that could come back to shoot most of the movie was was bruce Bruce. yeah so they just kind of had to work out like well what are we gonna do we got bruce alone in a house for a lot of the movie And it turned out just being just this, you know, showpiece for Bruce Campbell to be fucking awesome yeah. the whole time. But this movie almost reminds me of what if all the filming would have gone as planned and they would have had the budget to do what they wanted to do. Right. And make a legit scary, scary ass horror movie. Yeah. movie. yeah. Killer, man. Really, yeah, really, I really enjoyed it. that one a lot. What's another one that comes to mind for you whenever you think about movies that exceeded expectations? Well, we did it recently with a little movie called Troll Hunter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, watched yeah. Troll Hunter in a period where I had seen all the like noticeable or semi-known titles on Netflix. Yeah. And I was just down to these recommendations that kept coming up, like uh, Troll Hunter, another one I'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, VHS. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. ended up, There's you know, kind of seeing a period starry with... eyes. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I saw so many of those smaller titles that it was just like, oh, these are way better than I thought they were going to be, but there Troll was, Hunter was the most yeah. mind-blowing to that, me. That was like during that period of Netflix, probably about three or four years ago, where it's like they had a lot of cool yes, stuff they on did. there. They were really the place for independent horror at the time. Yeah. I mean, some of it's still there. They're still getting good horror movies, but a lot of There's it, a lot of, a lot of it seems like filler. Yeah, yeah absolutely so. But, but yeah, Troll Hunter was one that seriously, like, it's found footage. Yeah. It's about trolls. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Norwegian. I was just like, well, there's no way the trolls are going to look good. Yeah. And then I don't really love found footage at the time. At least I thought that I didn't. I do. I like found footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I sat down to watch it and it was just like, it, it was already good before they even got to the trolls. It yeah, was definitely. like, oh, I'm interested in this. And then yeah. you get to the troll and you're like, oh, that looks good. Yeah. What? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie just no expectations yeah. and loved it. That's one that that I also kind of went into just like, well, whatever, I'll give this a try. I yeah. can't remember can't remember who recommended it to me, man. Hell, it might have been Brandon Settles on that Probably one too. Probably was. But somebody had just told me it's like, yeah, just watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a found footage horror movie. Just watch it. Just watch. Yeah, it was one of those where it's like they deliberately didn't tell me anything about it, so I was like, uh, whatever. But I was skeptical just based on the name and the genre. And then it's like you said, as soon as I started watching, I was like, oh shit, this is fucking rad. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it before. So good. A very 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 pleasant surprise for me whenever I watched that one right there. You know, one that I would say comes to mind for me whenever I'm talking about ones that I did not expect to like as much as I did was Mom and Dad, which came out, I think, last year. Mm -hmm. And man, it showed up on a list of Good Mythical Mornings, like, worst movies of 2018. Yeah, yeah, that was recent, right? Come on, y'all. I don't know what they're talking about. It's awesome. I mean, it's crazy as shit. Yeah. Like, it, it is over the top. 
Yeah, but, but I that's can't the point. see why anybody would say it's a bad movie. I no. get that it looks from the outset. You're thinking this probably isn't going to be good. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's legit. It's a good movie. I was super super gripped whenever I started watching yeah. it because. I think within a few minutes of it, you start getting the idea of what the tone of this movie mm-hmm. is, where it's like, it's weirder than advertised, mm-hmm. it's more darkly funny yeah. than advertised, and also just more warped than you would yeah. imagine, too. You know? It's got a really, really dark, I think, sense of humor. Yes, it does. About it. And like it, after it, that one woman kills her daughter, and then the other girl comes walking, and she's like, yes, oh, it, hey, honey. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, What? What? And, and dude, Nicolas Cage is turned up to fucking yeah, he's infinity insane. level uh-huh. in this movie. It saws it all. It saws all. <laughs> and him just like smashing that pool table with yeah. a sledgehammer and stuff. Crazy. Dude, it's it's awesome. And, and you know, uh, I think I mentioned this on a past episode when I was talking about it right before we saw it, but it passes the seal of approval where it's like, I realized at the end of the movie, I hadn't even touched my phone for the entire yeah. duration of the movie. Which, Which these days, deal. yeah, it's like, that. that's how they should start rating movies. It's not like five stars, but mm. it's like, you rate it by how many times you checked your Facebook page while you watched the movie. <laughs> so the more it gets, the worse the movie was. Like, right. Oh, this got 20, 20 <laughs> post checks or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, this only got one. It's like, damn, that movie was gripping. What a great film. Yeah. <laughs> Riveting. Ben and Steve gave it Zero phone grabs. <laughs> it's like on the fucking DVD That's box. That's the top. Yeah. So that was a, a pleasant surprise <laughs> for me. Really enjoyed that one. All right. Well, um, around the time I watched Troll Hunter, I also watched a little, little movie from Canada. Little movie? A little movie. It's called Little Movie. <laughs> it's a mumblecore rap. Yeah. Mm, no, it's uh, it's the Void. Yeah. We yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about this uh, a few times, but the Void is one of those movies that. Like the the cover art looks cool. People in those like white robes with the, the black triangle. triangle. Yeah, that looks cool. But then you start it and you're like, oh, this is like low budget. Yeah, uh, straight to straight to Blu-ray. Kind yeah, of I've never seen straight any of these streaming. actors. Yeah, but as it gets going, it's like, nope, this is a cool movie. Yeah. I like this movie. And then it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Oh, it does. Yeah, and I feel like especially if you're a fan of. Of, you know, great late 80s, early 90s, uh-huh. you know, horror flicks with practical effects like Hellraiser and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, I think this movie is... Oh, yeah. It's right, right in line alley. with Hellraiser for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's got some, like, Lovecraftian kind yep. of themes in there, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the thickest story of all time. Yeah, maybe not. But it kind of reminds me of, like, imagine if, if H.P. Lovecraft wrote Halloween 2, where it's set in the hospital. And, yeah. You know? Yes. Okay. All right. If The Void were Halloween 2, Halloween 2 would have been awesome. I would have liked Halloween 2. <laughs> and I bet John Carpenter would have liked that more, too. Probably. Because he could have done what he wanted to do. Yeah. Making yeah. another Halloween tale. That was a pleasant surprise, though. Really. Yeah, I mean, I really especially when you it. find out how low budget it was and how it was basically made by special effects guys, mm-hmm. not really like writers or anything. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And it's crowdsourced and all that jazz. Great. I really enjoy it. I love uh, the ending is weird, but I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree, man. One that I saw in theaters, I guess it's almost been two years ago now, that again, far exceeded expectations was split by uh-huh. M. Not Shamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, everybody. Um, this was after the visit. So those of us who watched, like gave him the chance. Still didn't see that. Those of us who gave him the chance, the visit was like, oh, okay. Shyamalan might be back. Yeah. Um, and then Split is like, oh yeah, no, he knows what he's doing. It was way more 
intense mm-hmm. and way more disturbing and scary than than I anticipated. Yeah. There's some stuff in there, you know, where the, the the chicks, you know, trapped in her underground prison cell yeah. lair with this beast Anya guy. Anya Taylor Joy, yeah. of the Vavitch. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. Who's fucking awesome? She's great. And it had such potential just to be so corny and stupid, especially yeah. with the guy having like multiple personalities. Oh yeah, that could really uh, dissociative. Yeah, personality disorder. What is it called now? Dissociative personality. identity disorder. DID. Sorry. DID. Dissociative right. identity disorder. Like that's one of those things that is played so badly in movies so often, mm-hmm. and it's just dumb. Yeah. But man, James McAvoy kills it he really does he does such a fucking awesome job his yeah. physicality is yeah. all the different characters is yeah, really he, impressive that's what he did to make it work that a lot of actors don't do is that yeah. he gave each personality like time like, yeah he sat down and thought about everything they would do right and it's not all related back to each other they're all separate distinct personalities yeah he's playing different roles and it's not just oh whenever he changes personality he turns to another direction and puts on a silly voice yeah. like they all have different physicality and yeah. mannerisms and everything mm-hmm. and that makes it way way crazier but then also too you know later on in the movie when some of the more i don't know how you'd say it supernatural but it's not really supernatural right but you know just some of the well, weirder yeah, stuff what is happening. going on there at the yeah, end. i haven't right? seen glass yet well, that's I, the thing is like ultimately yeah. at the end of the day it's comic booky right. stuff, but of course that's not really revealed to the very end. I've not seen Glass yet either. I keep hearing like not positive. T- things. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah, I don't know. I want to check it out. I'll I give it a, give shot. a chance. I'm not watching Unbreakable in for fucking ever. Um, I the last time I watched it, I okay. So so many people love Unbreakable. Yeah, they do. I remember watching it in college and thinking it was really boring. It's, it is. Is it? Yeah, when I rewatched it, like the first time I saw it, it was just like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. But then I rewatched it, and I'm like, it's so slow and like, yeah, just not as interesting as it's people seem to think it is. Mm. Like, I, li- I think a lot of people were like, yeah, comic book movies, that's a cool idea. But now that we have a bunch of them, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, we've got those. So, like, snap it up. Let's go. <laughs> I'll tell you, too. You know, this isn't one that's on my list officially here, but, like, on the subject of comic book movies, that first Iron Man movie couldn't, oh, yeah. couldn't have blown me away more. Yeah. You yeah, know? like, the... Yeah, there was, there was no expectation of, of that. There was no way that that was going to be this awesome, amazing movie that I'm going to be excited about the entire time. Yeah. And then I sat down and I was... Like, even as an Iron Man fan growing up, yeah. it was still just like, Iron Man, he's like sort of second tier yeah. to yeah, you know, totally. the X-Men, Spider-Man, all right. those others. He's like, never like my favorite in the yeah. comics or anything. But damn, they nailed that movie, I didn't know. they? Yeah. Well, especially because our expectations were so low after, like, I didn't think the Spider-Man movies were any good. Like, I there's a lot them. of, sh- nah, I, I didn't get into them. <laughs> so, yeah, that was another one for me that just really, really blew me away. What's next on your list, Steve? Um, I'm going to give you a little film that I'm going to immediately have to qualify. <laughs> Paranormal Activity. Okay, I can't judge because I still haven't seen it. I still have never seen it. I- I'm going to save watching it until we do it on the show. So yeah. I can really like yeah, we'll have to do document it. that. You know what um, I mean? There are so many sequels and whatnot, but like I'm, I'm talking about the franchise on its own. When I first saw Paranormal Activity, I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why people care about this at all. But I really wasn't putting as much attention into it as I would normally a movie because I yeah. kind of went into it thinking 
because everybody was saying how scary it was. That's the thing. I was dude, like, well, like, there's no way it's as good. That, no, that good. Well, pretty much any time. I don't know. This sounds so elitist, I guess. But it's like any time the general masses <laughs> think a movie is scary. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it does. Quiet place. <laughs> so paranormal activity is one of those that's like I, I'm not going to claim it's mind blowing, but. Yeah. They're movies that, as I watch them, I'm like, you know what? I am engrossed in this. Okay. Like, I'm really paying complete attention to this. I, I think Paranormal... They didn't lose I, you. They don't lose me, but specifically, Paranormal Activity 3 really adds, like, a, de- a bunch of depth to hmm. the first two movies. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like... I, I I went into it very skeptical and then ended up watching the sequels just out of desperation for something to watch. Yeah. And then being like, oh, wait a second. This is way better than I remembered. So I went back and watched the first one again and, and it was just like, oh, that's a good movie. Hmm. I was a dickhead. <laughs> like, I was wrong. I, I was wrong about it. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I think a lot of um, horror movie aficionados would say paranormal activities is straight up shit, but I think they're wrong, man. I think the the way that they do the you know house cameras and everything, yeah. and the way that they still weave in exposition, um, even though it's basically just people you know, talking like they would at their own house, right? Yeah, yeah. they still, still get believable. in the exposition without it seeming too um, ridiculous. Hmm. I like them. I like those movies. I mean, they're not all great or perfect or amazing, but they're interesting. They're worth a watch. I look forward to covering them sometime on the show. Yep. I think that will be a good fun time. I've been... I talk in this voice. I talk in this voice <laughs> when I have a burp bubble in my throat. <laughs> you don't talk in bubble voice? <laughs> not quite in the bubble voice. Sorry, Chanel. What's next on your list? All right. Last one I got on my list right here, dude is one that we covered way early in the show, and the expectations for this couldn't really have been higher. I mean, honestly, you know, most of this list has been about stuff that we've had low expectations for. Mm-hmm. This is one of those ones where I was like, "This, there's no way this can be as good as everybody says that it is. Yeah. Because the hype that is built up for The Exorcist is kind of impossible yeah. To overcome. Yeah, you people know? all claim it's like the scariest movie they ever saw. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't watch it all. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And like all yeah. of our parents have some horror story about when they watched mm-hmm. it in theaters and mm-hmm. they couldn't sleep for two weeks and stuff like right. this. And, uh, you know, for Simpler those guys... Simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for, for those of you guys who maybe didn't listen to that episode of the show, because it's a really early episode, but it's yeah. one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. We've got some crazy ideas about that movie. Yeah. Uh but, you know, I, I had never seen it. It's like I had been a, a very hardcore horror movie fan for, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And still had just not seen The Exorcist until we started doing this show. Yeah. So I was kind of expecting it to be another one of those ones where you watch it and you're like, yeah, probably if you were around in the 70s, this probably would have been scary. But now it's just dumb. Mm-hmm. I can see how it's important, but it, it sucks. You know? Right. But, man... It is good. It's fucking awesome. It is really it's good. It's really, 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 mm-hmm. really fucking awesome. It has yeah. so much depth to it, man. And yeah. the, the the acting and sound design and yeah. set design and everything is just... Everything's awesome astounding. about it. Astounding. Yeah. Absolutely astounding, man. 
Yeah, that's but one again, of those... we're not on the same wavelength with those people. We're still we're still yeah. looking at it and aesthetically enjoying it. Yeah, they're frightened to death of it. I right. still don't get that. Okay, yeah, yeah. In but, terms of like the actual scariness of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like that's the thing that surprises me about it is how good it is as a film. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily as a yeah. how scary is it yeah. kind of factor. Yeah, oh, it's actually Satan still is a so good frightening. Film. Yeah. Ooh, a Ouija board. I mean, the next time, <laughs> I think it would be fun if somebody was afraid of Satan to be like, wait, but you haven't heard about Super Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's even worse, dude. Sick. Like it's just it's some made up bullshit somebody said to them. Yeah, Satan yeah. is bad. You'll burn. Oh no! And then they watch The Exorcist and are frightened by it. What? <laughs> what childhood wall have you not broken down? Yeah, you watch something where someone gets possessed by the devil, and you're like, "Oh no, it could My happen to me soul. too." Happened to a girl in a movie, oh, <laughs> in a fictional movie. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It's still one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it's a great too. movie. It totally really exceeded great. my expectations, which were already very high going into it. Yeah, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, y'all. Episode rate review on iTunes. Steve, I want to crack me open a cold one here before yeah. we get into review ski this we movie ski. Well, which one? Let's see. We got a couple to select let's, right uh, here. Let's take this one that Roger gave us. Contributed by the estate of the notorious RDM. <laughs> it's a platform beer co no IN team small batch IPA series. Woo! And the thing I love about Platform, and we've had a few that, that Roger has given Unbelievable. Us, is Holy that shit. If you look over here, they tell you exactly what grains, hops, yeast, etc. that they use. Yeah, they do. Two like, row white wheat malted oats yeah. and caramel grains. This is the type of stuff that like started me, like helped me learn how to cook. Oh wow. He's yeah. like watching uh recipe or watch watching like cooking shows and mm -hmm. seeing the recipes seeing how these things are co coming together well, so yeah because like, if you don't know the names of the stuff that's making it yeah. taste like it does you don't know how to find them or identify them in right, other stuff exactly. or find so the, other stuff that has it if you're if say every beer can did this and you're like man i know that i like all those grains and that hop and yeah. i've never had that particular type of yeast with it let's try that see what it's like well that's something that's kind of cool about about ipas and i know that we're all very we're very ipa heavy on this show and stuff but it's like yeah that's true most ipas tend to kind of like tell you right at the gate like oh this is a mosaic ipa or whatever yes and it really does let me know in advance what to expect. Yeah, like yeah. I know that I love stuff that's mosaic. Yes, <laughs> or yes. citra. I love those. Citra man. hops, uh, mosaic hops are perfect. Yeah, Wonderful. dude. So yeah, I wish I wish that more beers oh. did that for sure. That looks like that's got a cloudy, <laughs> yeah, golden haze Ooh, to if it. If your urine looked like this, you'd be dead. <laughs> it is so hazy. It smells fantastic. But it, man. It, look at that. I like, typically like beers that look like this. Yes. Kind of looks like pineapple juice, really. It does. It looks It does. It looks like frothed up pineapple juice. I've been drinking a lot of pineapple juice lately with it's vodka really or tequila. Yeah. Tequila and pineapple juice is awesome, oh man. It's Wait, so uh, you are always talking about these jalapeno pineapple margaritas. Shit, dude. I need to get real and hook you up. never making one. How about, man... We had someone ask for the recipes. Yeah. So we'll have to... Maybe next time we'll have a couple. I like it for the show i like that very much man and maybe and maybe we make that like a youtube video or something to go oh, along that would be cool yeah companion piece yeah 
because you need to try these motherfucking things. I want to, They're man. I so love good. jalapeno and, and pineapple are two perfect things to combine. All it BFFs. needs at that point is a little bit of salt. Yeah, and I put a little bit of salt in there. And drink. there you go. So it's fucking awesome. This beer looks great. I'm looking forward to wetting my whistle with that thing. How's that treat you? First impression over there. Oh. That get good to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That is thick and like juicy. Ooh. That's great. That has a little bit it has a little bit of soapiness to it. Mm-hmm. But it's like how you always wanted those little mm. tropical soaps to taste, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if I bit into a tropical soap and it tasted like this, I would eat tropical soaps every day of my yeah, life. Yeah, exactly, exactly right, man. Damn, that is good. It's definitely got yeah, it's got a, a oh, tropical yeah. citrusy kind of thing to it. it. At the same time, it's still pretty dry. It is dry. It's yeah, not there's not a lot sugary. of sugar in there. Mm-mm. But it's yeah, juicy and delicious. I Aftertaste is really nice, nice and light. Damn, that is awesome. RDM just really delivers, man. Yeah, he does. And that that platform. Every, I think they everyone rule, that, dude. that we've had didn't platform do the salted caramel one we had. I think that's right. God, that, was, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. This is even better. The second taste. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I could crush a whole bunch of these if I had <laughs> these available at a local market. Yeah. Oh man, thanks so much RDM, and thanks uh, again to our, our wonderful fans who have been mailing us a lot of beer and stuff to have yeah. here lately. Man, everybody has been way better than we deserve so thank you guys so much for sending us these delicious libations i love them <laughs> all right the subject of our show today is tales from the hood which came out in a 1995 you said you saw this when it came out this is the first time that i watched it and dude it's it's cool like if you guys listen to our show on the regular you know that we're both kind of suckers for anthology, anthology movies, yeah i love know? an anthology and i think they work so well with horror because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of horror movies and horror stories and stuff out there that i find just lend themselves very well to being a short little vignette yeah like there's a lot of flicks that i've seen where uh, i've been like man this just would have been better as a short like it's yeah. a it's a cool idea but not enough to build a whole movie on like a, yeah. a quiet place is like that to me yes. where it's just like that did not need to be as long as it was yeah exactly it wasn't like much a, added to the uh tension no. by all the extra uh-uh. exposition and stuff right yeah. so i think a lot of horror stuff works very well as as short so i tend yeah. to be a sucker for you know a creep show and stuff like that you know, if A Quiet Place had been basically just the mother f- pregnant, giving birth, having to be quiet part, yeah. like basically just some sort of setup to make that make sense, then that, the end. Yeah. Like that, that's a good 15, 20 minute horror short that right. maintains tension the whole time. Yeah. So you're not bored constantly. Right. Yeah. No doubt, man. And uh, this movie, uh, obviously, you know, by the title and stuff like that. Is a, I guess you would, I guess you would say, kind of an urban centric, black centric horror yeah. movie. Yeah, it's it's um, well, all but one is set in South Central, though they're all filmed in South Central. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, right on. the the one The one with the politician is supposedly set in South Carolina, right? But that's L.A. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, the thing about this, I think the first impression that I really took away from it is that it's not necessarily that scary in the typical horror movie sense of, like, crazy supernatural stuff or blood and gore or torture really, like, scaring you. Yeah. It's 
it's more like these are the things that were affecting uh, black life back then yeah. that were very real fears that you could encounter on, on a daily basis. Luckily, Thankfully, everything's changed. Everything's different now. Totally Racism's different. over Obama. Yeah, right? exactly. Now we just need to make America great again. That's, right? that's the key. That's so we right. build a wall and... And step three, profit. There you go. Boom. <laughs> and um, cops are good to black people now, yeah, as we all know. Everything's changed. Yeah, no, Politicians, that's definitely not racist. Uh-huh. That's definitely the thing not. about watching this movie now yeah. is, oh, it's still relevant. I know. And not much has changed. That is the thing about this that really bummed yep. me out is like some of those some of those sections, like especially the, the, the white politician one, mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, this could have been written in, in 2019. Yep. And it's like, this was written in 1995, man. This <laughs> yeah. shit should have changed but, by now. Like, this is the thing that... So I, I kind of wanted to get historical and film context for this. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mean, you grew up around this time. I remember the LA riots. I remember the Rodney, Rodney King, King beating. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember all that. Seeing all that on TV all the time yeah um i also remember that um uh gang violence was not only a big deal but also big for hollywood yeah (laughs) yeah they made movies like menace to society and boys from the hood or boys in the hood um but like these were opportunities for black filmmakers to tell their stories in just a, a brief moment yeah where everybody was paying attention right and expose a lot of people yeah to in the country to the things that they weren't seeing yeah to the harsh reality yeah yeah and doesn't it make you wonder too like whenever you go back and think about yeah like rodney king and the la rights and stuff like that it's like if everybody had a cell phone with a camera during that in their pocket like how much other shit would we have seen oh yeah you know the rodney king thing it just sort of happened that somebody caught that stuff on film how many other things just slipped between the cracks because there was nobody documenting it? Yeah, you know? it's. Wild. I mean, shit still it's slides wild. between the track the cracks even with people documenting. Yeah, I was I gonna mean, say yeah, like, tons of like shootings and stuff where we'll never see the body camera footage. Yeah, because the police won't let us see it. Or we do if we see saw it, it, we'd be like, "What the yeah. fuck? You just murdered someone." Or we do see it, and then they get off scot free. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do. Extremely, extremely I fucked felt, up. I uh, felt uh, worried for my life. Yeah, you're a police officer. Yeah. That's like your day-to-day thing. Did you not know that when you signed up to be a police officer? Yeah. That you can't just pull your gun out and shoot every time that you feel a little bit worried? Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy thing. It this, really is. Um, This doesn't... Because, like, if this movie were made by a white person today... Yeah. They would show, maybe, a cop kill someone... But then, like, they would show that person uh, guilt-ridden or not, mm-hmm. or feeling as though they had done the right thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie shows it in the context of, no, 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 they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. Like, they can come to you and say, no, 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 we felt, you know, that we were going to get hurt. But yeah. in reality, this shit happens all the time. And the people who have to deal with it see that it is most often callousness. Yeah. Like a lack of empathy for people who are not white. Yeah. And they just assume that every black person is trying to kill them. Right. I don't know whatever gave them that 
Like, obviously, I, cops I do get killed. Being racist. Yeah, cops <laughs> do get killed, but I assume, like, I imagine the statistics are much higher that a white person's going to kill you than a black person. There's more white there people. There are more here. white people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, man, it, it's interesting with this flick because, like I said, it's it's all the the real stuff mm-hmm. in this that's scary, mm-hmm. like the stuff with with zombies and dolls and and all that kind of jazz. Oh, yeah, that's just like yeah, whatever. Like yeah. that's not ever gonna happen. But the real shit, like the politician who gets killed by the the dolls being extremely racist, yeah, and having political power. Yeah, exactly. That we have that still today, and crooked cops. That, that that don't care about killing black people yep. and domestic abuse mm-hmm. and uh, black on black violence and stuff yeah. like that gang violence it's like this, the things that are that are scary in this movie are the things that could happen in real life yeah I you know? also like uh, just a couple days ago I rewatched straight out of Compton because I was doing this like trying to get the context and I remember straight out of Compton did a good job of yeah. portraying uh, a lot of the hassle not just hassle but i mean hassle is the word i'm using but it's obviously worse than a hassle but the way that the cops interacted with uh young black men in south central la Mm -hmm. it was just like i I mean it's impossible for us to comprehend because i got pulled over the other night uh coming home from recording here oh shit really yep got pulled over speed um yeah, he said it, uh, I was speeding or whatever. I don't, I don't know that I was. I think maybe it was just late at night and he had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But he pulled me over, uh, came up to the window, asked for the license registration, I handed it to him. He said, um, "You know, you were speeding uh, on this highway or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, was I?" And he was like, "I'm just gonna go check your stuff." He went and checked my stuff. And he came back and he was like, "Where are you headed?" And I told him the address. And he was like, "All right, have a good night." So what? The, what was that about? I don't know, but. It's I'll like tell you important. what. I'll tell you how I felt the entire time. Like nothing was going to happen. The worst yeah, no thing shit. was going to be a ticket. Right. You know you're not going to get any major fucking shakedown. But while I was sitting there on a back road. Yeah. Where nobody would know. Yeah, exactly. I started realizing if I were black, this would be a completely different situation. No doubt. No doubt. That's frightening. That fucking Like sucks. what if that's why he pulled me over? Yeah. What if he's just randomly pulling people over to see if they're black? Yeah. So he can then maybe arrest them for something. Right. Because he did obviously didn't care. Like, I mean, like, I still he have He didn't a, even give you a warning. He didn't even give me a warning. I still have an out-of-state license. <laughs> like, Holy shit. My, the insurance on, on my car, because uh, we just got this car from my, my father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, we're taking over the insurance at the end of this month. So the on your insurance, insurance wasn't, wasn't even, even in my for name. that car. You could have just fucking stole that car. You just let me go. Wow. Yeah. Like what? What was going on there? But like, I'm not complaining. Like I'm saying that my feeling when I get pulled over by the police is just like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a ticket. Maybe that'll suck. But, but like, people really do have to worry when they get pulled over. Like, yeah. Well, your first instinct wasn't to. I guess I should set up my camera phone in the seat and document this whole thing right. in case some shit goes down. Yeah, and even if it does, often does, even if it does, like say for instance that guy in Minnesota who was with his family and told the oh, police Jesus. officers he had a gun in his car and that he was registered him or whatever, and they just shot him. That's that's they one of the just worst killed things. Killed him for I've... knowing he owned a gun. That's one of the worst things I've ever watched. Yep. The sound of like 
the the woman screaming and stuff yeah. is one of the worst Can you things I've fucking ever heard. Imagine Holy that? fucking shit, dude! You're just driving and you get just shot another day because you own a gun. Yeah, you well, own uh, it legally. Or, I mean, you you're know, registered to carry it. Yeah, or I mean, you know, again, your spouse gets yeah. fucking blown away right next to you, right next to you yep. in the car with in your the kid car. in the back seat. With your kid in the back seat. Holy shit! Yep, that is it's fucking beyond crazy. Up. Yeah. So this movie is very relevant. In our Still, day. and that sucks, man. It sucks. How in the so fuck much. have things not changed more? It's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, you would think that, like, with more knowledge, like more videos of this happening, yeah. pe- more people seeing it, more it, people but, give a shit, man. And then, like, what that exposes is the underlying racism, but then you can't convince them that they're racist because they don't understand what that means. Yeah. They think, well, I know a black guy that I don't hate, so I'm not racist. (laughs) Yeah. But you automatically assume if the police kill a black person that they did it because he needed to be killed. Shit. Like, you don't automatically assume that with everyone. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on in your head? Right. Here's what's going on. Black people are below me. Right. Right, right. doesn't matter. They're probably committing crimes. Right. Most likely. Like, it's... Just confront your own racism world. Like, yeah. Actually confront it. it. It's okay. Like, it's okay to say to yourself, you know what? Turns out I am racist. Yeah. I would like to not be racist. That's How the first can I step. Do that? Yeah. You can't change if you don't yeah. admit it for sure. Sure. Then hmm. it's okay. Like, yeah. You know, maybe you're woke. You think you're doing good. But the world's not changing. Right. So just because you're woke doesn't mean everything's changing. You got to help make people see this. And well, I think this I think movie, the does movie a good deals job with that, that yeah. too, especially in the first story. Now, like all great horror anthologies, this has a, a framing device yeah. set around Which it where. Is <laughs> so funny. It's great. It's great. It's a great framing device. Clarence Williams III, Samson Simpson. Samson Simpson. Uh-huh. I want to talk to Samson. Yeah. He Dude, is so over the top and rules. insane. He's I kind love of him. our our crypt keeper horror host. Yeah. And basically we got these uh kind of three gangster black guys that are going to this funeral home because they heard that the funeral director guy came across some shit, came across some drugs and stuff. Yeah, he found some drugs in the back alley. Yeah, and they're going to come to this guy's place and get these drugs off of him, but over the course of the film, they're walking through the funeral home and coming across all these corpses and caskets. And he's telling the stories of what happened. Yeah, of how they of how they died, which is a cool framing device too, because with every story starting with a guy in a coffin. Yeah, you know how it's going to end. You know how it's going to yeah. end. Yeah, exactly. It's like you already know this is going to end when this guy dying yeah. somehow because they're here in this funeral home. And the framing device is handled with, uh, I think, a good deal of levity. There's kind of some yeah. humor. Like, whenever whenever the movie started and we got the three dudes and they walk up to the place and they start having, like, a conversation about refried beans and stuff. <laughs> I was Why didn't a, you fry them right the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I was That's immediately really kind of going, okay, this is exactly what I thought this movie was going to be. Yeah. It kind of like, funny. yeah. 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 It kind of confirmed in my head. It's like, okay, yeah, no, my suspicions were right about this. But then as soon as we kind of start getting into that first story, shit gets fucking real really yeah. fast. It's the story about uh, police brutality. We've got yeah. this, this young rook, rookie black cop on the force uh-huh. who is out uh, out on a night and basically a bunch of, a bunch of white cops really aggressively yeah. 
go after this guy who is he's a political activist yeah, he's a or poli- a he's DA a political or activist politician who um he's is out to obviously bust crooked cops. Uh, yeah, out to bust crooked cops and to prove of course that he's wrong. These crooked cops kill him. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's brutal. It's very brutal. Right at the and, gate. And it's not even the most brutal thing that happens in this movie. Like, no. Huh? And it's insanely brutal and it's shot like in similar way to the Rodney King beating take. Yeah. Like same angle at certain points and like it it's confrontational from the yeah. beginning. Just like this is what you're gonna be dealing with. Very, Get very ready. much so. Yeah. Um, Dude, when they like shove his head through the glass. Oh god. Stuff, it's man, brutal. It's fucking yeah. brutal. And yeah. so this this rookie cop who was it was also black, he tries in some way to stop it, but again is hampered by the fact that the police are all corrupt. And yeah. so if he wants to continue in the job, he's gotta tell the lie they want him to tell. Never break the code. Yeah. And so it picks up with him a year later. Well, after they kill the guy, yeah. After they've killed the guy, a year later, he's no longer on the force because, of course, he saw the the problems there and knew that there was no way he could fix it from the inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets this message. Yeah, he gets a message from the dead politician. Bring him to him. Bring, yeah, bring the it's cops real to me. cool. Like, yeah. he has, it's like a, he sees the uh, graffiti yeah, yeah. Of the guy painted on the like cross. on a cross, yeah. like he's he's a martyr. It's kind of Clive Barkery. Yes, yeah. it did look. He looked very Clive Barkery. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he sees that, and then he's told, you know, bring them to me. And then we pick up in the cemetery, and he he gets them all there, and of course they don't care. Like they're not hey, pissing on his grave. Yeah, they're not. They're not like moved by any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it didn't matter to them. That's, like, the craziest part about it, is that, like, it's destroyed this guy. And these other three are just like, what, I don't, what does it matter? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, the, the black cop that saw it happen has, like, become, like, an alcoholic yeah. and just destitute and stuff. And the other guys are just like, yeah, it's part of the fucking job. Yeah. And yeah. then the one main bully cop pisses on the grave. Yeah. And then has another cop piss on the grave. But guess what? He gets grabbed by the penis. <laughs> gets grabbed by the <laughs> dick and pulled into the grave. Yeah, like, and then he gets his revenge. But like, uh, it, it it's interesting to me because like you have to realize that like they're not over the top. These mm-hmm. cops, yeah. Like, because there have been so many cops in the past that have been involved in corruption and killing uh, black people for literally nothing, except that they were inconvenient, uh, we know that those people aren't over the top. They're real. Mm -hmm. They're the type of cops that do exist. Yeah, exactly. This is not unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, that was... That was one of my feelings that maybe if somebody didn't like this movie, they would think from the the get go, mm-hmm. everything's over the top. But it's really just the framing device that's over the top. Yeah, definitely. Everything yeah. else is very pretty true, viable, very yeah. true to what it would be like. No doubt, no it's, doubt. Uh, it's disgusting, honestly. Yeah. Like it's hard to watch. I like the zombie effects. That yeah, we have of whatever dude comes back. I think he looks cool. He's got this kind of blistered, bubbly looking thing. Yeah. I didn't understand later on whenever like his chest gets opened up and he's uh-huh. got like a 
It's like a green potion yeah. bottle. It actually, uh, I believe that was supposed to be a bong. And then he also shoots out needles. Like, he's now, like, filled with drugs or something. I don't really understand. I didn't well, get the, that exactly. The needles are all over that Mouth of Madness alley. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. he, like, summons them and... Yeah. To fight for him. I don't <laughs> now know. he controls drugs. <laughs> Another thing. drug powers. I liked about it too is the, the soundtrack for this one I thought was really, really cool. Uh-huh. It's like kind of avant garde jazz. It's like a lot yeah. of jazz drumming and stuff, especially uh-huh. in this, which I thought was really cool because I kind of expected the whole thing to be. Gangster rap. Yeah, gangster rap. Yeah, and there's stuff a bunch like of that. it in here, obviously. But I like too that this movie is like, hey, this is a black movie and. Jazz is the oh that's true you know one of the most important black art forms that has been contributed to society to human history so we should make this an element of this story so yeah whenever like there's the chase scenes going on and there's like some really crazy like frantic jazz drumming and stuff going on Mm -hmm. I was like damn this is fucking cool and not what I expected that's that's when I was like this movie is not what I was anticipating out of it whenever I got those soundtrack cues and stuff. Um, my favorite kill in this first one is the painting kill. Yeah, the guy that's cool. basically gets turned into paint. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Velvet Buzzsaw pays homage oh. to that exact kill. Rad. Yeah, that's you one gotta you're check about. it out. It's cool. very, int- it's really cool. But uh, and the one in Velvet Buzzsaw is much more like intricate and whatever. But it's it's exactly this sort of thing. It's really cool. And I think that one of the main messages here with this one too is because at the end of the movie, it's not just that. Uh, you know, again, this politician guy gets revenge on these cops by killing him. He also kills the black cop. Yeah, that for not stood doing by. something. Yeah, exactly. There's that scene yeah. where he's like, "Where were you when I needed you, my brother?" Yeah. And then he kill. Well, he doesn't kill him, but he goes like insane and he takes the blame for the murders and yeah. stuff like that. We assume he just dies or kills himself or something. I guess. Yeah. And I think that that's. Um, that's that's pretty bold because this could have gotten away with just being a revenge story of right. a ghost getting revenge on these white cops that killed him, and I think that would have been uh, shallow in in a way. Yes. Like it would have been deserved, but but it would have been shallow too. But I think it's interesting that it also puts some responsibility in being like, hey, if you're watching this shit happen mm-hmm. and you don't actively do something to try to yeah. stop it. You're guilty too. Yeah, I mean that was one of the major things that you saw in uh, a lot of movies. Like, uh, I believe it's *Menace to Society*, where the black cop is like the meanest to them. I haven't seen that. Um, well, like you, you would hear a lot of these stories at that time too. That it's like the black cops would sometimes be even worse wow. in a way, like to sort of prove to the white cops that they were on the white side. That's fucked up. Um, so yeah, like. We see some stuff this, about that later in this movie. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, this this doesn't let him off the hook yeah. because he didn't he didn't do anything when yeah. he could have done something. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's cool too because it doesn't just you know I'll also say it doesn't just paint the picture of cops bad. Oh no. Yeah. You know I mean there's even it a part showed, of yeah this. this guy's a good guy and yeah. every, even the 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 bullies the bully's partner he seems to push him around and make him do stuff like he makes him go pee yeah on the, on grave. the grave and he doesn't want to yeah so it's like yeah it's like this peer pressure uh crime syndicate type of thing yeah well but it also shows too that you know it's like there are good cops and stuff out there and yeah. even the uh of there are. The, the politician guy is like we don't have a problem with good cops mm-hmm. you know it's just the fucking racist awful ones yeah 
Uh, I think it was cool that it that it kind of showed that that element where it's like, hey, if you're inside and you have the ability to influence and affect the outcomes Actually of these do things, something. And, yeah. yeah, do something about yeah. it, or else you're you're guilty too, right? You know? Yeah, like I mean, I okay. So like my thought immediately when he said that was like, well, he would have gotten killed, but then it's like, well, that would have been mysterious in its own like that a cop also got killed yeah when yeah this guy, uh of course then he, he could have said something maybe it wouldn't have done anything mm-hmm. maybe the entire like lapd was corrupt and they were and maybe still are. yeah um but they were at that point uh and maybe it wouldn't have gotten anywhere yeah but at least he would have tried at least right. he could have gone to a journalist and been like okay this is what happened and like he could have done any something yeah but he did not right yeah he just fell into depression and drinking yeah yeah so he's not off the hook it's a cool story and again yeah. one of those ones where could you make an entire you know hour and a half hour 40 movie about it no i, don't really I mean think it would so. be it would be cheesy probably yeah. Did, yeah but it works perfectly as as a short you yeah. know a lot of these anthology flicks you know whenever you whenever you really start thinking about a lot of them they kind of quickly fall into that category of a bad person gets his just desserts. Yes. Or somebody ends up in a situation that is not what it seems. It's like right. that's pretty much every yeah. anthology. That's pretty yeah. Like, yeah, short, a lot know? of a lot of anthologies are morality tales. Exactly. Or yeah, or just like a quick twist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't work over cuz like that that is the thing people get pissed off about with twists sometimes is like I've been watching this for two hours, and you've just been lying to me? Yeah. Oh, and it was all a yeah. dream. Yeah, Fuck. but if it's 15 minutes, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's yeah. an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the lack of time invested, invested yeah. makes it kind of more fun, I think, yeah. for sure. Now, the second story that we have in here is all about domestic abuse. Oh, man. And it's, it's, it's also the most, pretty I think it's the most rough. brutal. I do. I think it is the most brutal because, yeah. like, oh, man. Um, so I looked. I looked up some statistics on this. Statistics. And statistics. Um, and the statistics <laughs> say uh, the stats say that in 1994 um, there were about 20.3 cases of domestic abuse per a thousand African Americans. Whoa, that's really high. Um, Ooh, that's terrible. It was. It was about five. Uh, Five points higher than uh, other groups yeah. at the time. It's still bad to think it's only five points higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and since 2010, by the way, that that number's down to seven point eight per one thousand. Like no, that's it's a it's lot like fucking plummeted. better. Wow, that's great. Good. That's wonderful to hear. But uh, domestic abuse was a major serious issue um, at During the time, time among African Americans yeah. that it was just happening far too much. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and so it's dealt with a lot in movies of the period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I think of immediately is The Color Purple. Okay. From yeah. like 84, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, like domestic abuse was was an issue. It's an issue, obviously, that deals everyone has to deal with. But specifically for the black community was a major issue because... Um, I think I think maybe Rusty kind of because he plays the the teacher, the teacher in, this. in this, yeah, yeah sort yeah. of the savior in this. I think maybe Rusty kind of is adding some autobiographical or at least biographical. Maybe he knows somebody who went through stuff like this. Sure, where it's like 
this this young black man is growing up seeing all this and being uh, abused and all this. And I think that this is like on the steps to the final segment, the gang violence. Yeah. Like the idea would be that if he grew up in this, how would he escape it? Right. Just like with the gang violence when like he grew up in this, this is all he's ever known. How do you escape it? Yeah. Uh, and so the, he gets, he's got this sort of twilight zone power that he can draw anything. Yeah. Cause then, he talks about this monster that comes. Yeah. And- he keeps talking about it. I like how they did that too, it, yeah. Because it does seem like, oh, there's a monster, An, a literal monster, yeah. He's yeah. Like a clawed but hand. Then it turns out that it's his horrendous father. Yeah. Well, it's, by his, David it's, his, Alan Greer. it's his mom's boyfriend. Mom's boyfriend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he is, says the monster appeared after my dad died. Like seriously, anytime a child's murder, mom's boyfriend, almost every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not good, not good. Not good. Yeah, played by da- David Alan Greer, which this David, is yeah. like unexpected. Only done comedy stuff yeah. up to here. But he he is a classically trained actor, but like he had only done comedy. So the expectation when you see him is, oh, he's not going to be the bad guy. He's fucking awful in this, he is dude. Awful. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like he is so like like we say awful, we mean great. Like he David oh, yeah, Green yeah, 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 yeah. is great. Yeah, he plays it extremely well. Awful. Yeah. I mean, dude, he starts fucking wailing on that kid and wailing oh on the mom. God. And, and like that's the thing, that's ooh. the most brutal part. Is it? It shows it, like very unapologetic. Yeah, just violence on women yes. and kids in this. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think this this is again confrontation. Like you can't just talk about the issue yeah. as statistics. You have to talk about the issue as individuals dealing with this. Well, and, and again, it's like you know, early on in the movie, whenever we see that that clawed monster hand coming around the door, uh-huh. and we hear the growls and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not it's not scary at all. It didn't make yeah. me go, "Oh God, what's going to happen?" Yeah, but it's like whenever you're confronted with the very real issue of mm-hmm. an abusive domestic. Uh-huh. relationship it's like that makes you feel fucking terrible and uncomfortable because you know it's real yeah you know that shit is happening everywhere all the yes. time you yes. know my mother was a victim of domestic yeah. abuse dude um, everybody knows others. somebody yeah Every- i have known others i um our friend holy holy fard yeah holly ford Romy. her mother worked or uh, maybe still does in a, a women's oh geez shelter. really i didn't yeah. know that and damn just to hear story those stories it's it's Frightening. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're somebody that doesn't know someone who's been a, a victim of domestic abuse, yeah, you are a true you're very fortunate. rarity. <laughs> yeah. Or, very or fortunate. I mean, you, you live in a bubble, you know? Yeah. There's no way everybody knows somebody a who's A bubble been... where people don't tell you next door someone's being confused. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's happening. Everybody knows somebody, man. Yeah. Everybody knows somebody. And yeah, whenever that stuff starts really kind of hitting the fan in this, it's mm. very, very uncomfortable. It's not like... I don't know. It's not cheesy or stupid to yeah. me. Okay, so this is interesting because uh, Rusty Cundiff and Ernest Dickerson are in Horror Noir, which if, if you haven't heard I uh, talking about up to that, this point, yeah. Horror Noir is a Shudder documentary about black horror movies. Uh, Rusty Cundiff and uh, Ernest Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson directed Demon Knight. Uh, we did an episode on it last year around yeah. this time. Uh-huh. Go check it out. Um, they're talking about uh, showing this movie is like, you know, they they do these showings in like Orange County and, and Southern LA where they'll show a, a movie that hasn't been released to get an audience reaction to it. Okay. They show it to this audience full of black kids. Yeah. 
And Rusty Cundiff said that when it first started happening, the the kids started laughing. Oh. Then, like, you know, the expectation then is, oh, no, this is, we did it's it wrong. across we, silly. We did yeah. it wrong, yeah. But he said as the beating continued, they stopped laughing. Ooh. Because, like, when that's happened to you, and then you have to confront it, like, laughter is a natural reaction to confronting real-world trauma when it's portrayed sure. in media. Yeah, yeah. It's a natural sort of reaction to just like, oh, shit, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the laughter wasn't, this is bad. The laughter was, they were all Ugh. uncomfortable. Wow. Meaning they probably experienced it. Yeah, yeah. So Oof, that's rough. That's rough, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. But that's that's what he was going for. He was going for that uncomfortable feeling. We should feel uncomfortable because it's weird that we don't think about it constantly. Right. That somebody is abusing somebody yeah. and we're not doing anything about it. No doubt, man. Yeah. There's some great special effects in this one, too. I, I love the scenes at the uh-huh. end whenever... You know, the kid has like the drawings of the yeah. monster and he like sharply folds it and we see David Allen's arm, arm like snap yeah. back and stuff. And there's just a puddle on the oh, floor. Oh, dude. Yeah. He just crumples him up, <laughs> which it reminded me a lot of like, I guess the guy that directed the new Suspiria watched that and was like, oh, oh I could, God, I could yeah. do this better. And he did. He did do it better. He actually did. He did do it better. It looked so much better in the Suspiria, but... But God, dude, I mean, yeah. considering, you know, this is like 95 and yeah. this wasn't CGI, it was it practical. Does, it does get a little funny when he's crumpled up and he says like, this ain't over. <laughs> this ain't over, bitch. Yeah. He says that, and it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, it is though. That's kind of the, that is the one thing about this that I'll say that did kind of really take me out of it is yeah. like, at no point was he like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? Nope. Just, I am going to continue abusing you as soon as I can. Yeah, exactly. As soon as I'm not a puddle of clothes on the floor, yeah. you've got to come in. But, I don't understand what the fuck just happened yeah. to me, but whatever, I'll go with it. One thing that I'll say about this that maybe was intentional is yeah. that Rusty kind of plays the, the, the teacher the character teacher, in this. Yeah. I think this was intentional of portraying a character who has the best of intentions. Yeah. But doesn't know what to do in this situation yeah like he gets his you, ass beat yes if you suspect that someone's being abused boy the last thing you want to do is approach their abuser and say i hear you're abusing because mm, yeah. guess what they're gonna do when they get home <laughs> right yeah that's not the way to do lay that. down a whipping yeah. yeah that's not the way to deal with it um and i think i think that's intentional of like there are all these people out there with good intentions who don't know what to do well, he also forces a child to murder someone. <laughs> he he does, does do that. He does. He's like, here, burn it. He's like, you know what to do. You know what to do. Murder him. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, like, if I were in that situation, that would be like, wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Man, remember that time I murdered my dad? That was awesome. Yeah, but that's the thing. He's like, <laughs> you know. Or my mom's boyfriend. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's like later on in life, when you think back at that time that you were eight yeah. and you, you know, immolated a dude. Uh-huh. You'd be like, wait a second, that was fucked up, wasn't it? My teacher told me to set this drawing on the stove so I could burn him alive. Yeah. We watched a man burn alive in my kitchen, yeah, and we hit is, the body. This is a story you would be telling friends while you're all drinking, and then they'd be looking at you like, this isn't as funny as you think it is. This is more worrying. 
<laughs> and then you realize, oh wait, I went through some crazy shit. <laughs> I will I will toss this another critique though. Uh this movie is very is very male dominant. There's yeah, not really a there's really true. basically no females. Basically that the, is the, true. the mom in this is the first woman we've seen in the movie. Yeah. And and there's a couple other women, I guess. There's the uh, the rocking chair lady in the third story, right. and the person that is kind of like the scientist. In, the, in the scientist, book, yeah. yeah. But this is the first time that we see a woman, and she just seems very uh, flat. Yeah, very flat, and just very like I'm a missus. I have a boyfriend, but I'm yeah. still all sexy, and maybe you want to have an affair with you too. Yeah. Like I think the mom in this is just very. She just seems like horny is her only uh-huh. character aspect yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that is true there's not really a lot of depth to like, yeah, like what drives hey, I'm, I'm a single mom with this man who yeah. seems to be angry all the time yes yeah, like our first introduction to her is she answers the door in a bathrobe and she's like dripping wet and she's like mm-hmm. hey mrs she is really no pretty. miss oh yeah she's gorgeous <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like yeah no, I, don't, I see I what don't, you mean they don't give her anything to be except sexy yeah i mean yeah. she she could have been a a a strong single mom yeah living after her husband passed away like, just trying to make ends meet and do the best thing for a kid her reaction to him saying you know he's bruised or whatever could have been less of a no 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 yeah like, it could exactly. have been more of like a no, let's not let's talk just not about talk that. about yeah. that yeah exactly exactly yeah. or yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's there's no a good way to cover up child really good abuse. at covering up abuse, though. That is, yeah, yeah. yeah but, so my, but yeah, again, yeah, she's very flat. There's not a lot of dimension to the character. It kind of made me feel bad for this kid because it's just like, okay, clearly his mom doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about him. That's how, yeah, that is how it comes across. Yeah. Like, it's not, there's like, she doesn't even come across as though she's hiding something. Yeah. It comes across more like, oh, no, they're... They're, all these stories are crazy and silly, and yeah. well, I can't believe he's still telling these stories. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like at the very end, after David Allen Greer is like you know destroyed, uh-huh. it's not even this victory of just like cool. Now this kid has his teacher and his mom, and uh-huh. they're both on his side. It's just like well, his mom still probably doesn't really give a shit about him. Probably got some explaining to do. Probably got some explaining to yeah, do. Yeah, like the cops come around. Hey, what happened to your boyfriend? <laughs> what happened to this corpse? I problem? don't know. What are you talking about? Yeah. So I don't know. I think that this could have, just in general, I think this movie could have portrayed women better. Yeah, you yeah, know? I'd say so. Uh, just to skip forward a little bit, sure. The sequel, I recommend. Yeah. Some, pe- uh, some people don't like it. I, I don't very know interesting. anything about it. Okay, it's it's uh, came just out like, like a year you know, ago, right? Huh? Just, just came, came out, like out in 2018. Yeah. Normally with sequels, you want to wait a good 13 years between sequels. But yeah. Uh, the sequel has uh, Keith David, etc. The sequel goes Keith in, David. Mm-hmm. He plays the he plays like the sort of uh, narrator kind of yeah the keeper guy. Uh huh. It's cool. I think what we said about Candyman, it not going far, like Candyman not attacking white people. And, yeah. And what we say here about this not having good uh, female characters, I think some of that's fixed in the sequel. And also, the sequel goes for like I'll, I'll just say for instance, a white kid gets his guts whipped out by a racist character. Holy shit! And that's the first segment. Oh, <laughs> so like it, it is much more. I think more angry and more like this shit is still happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, huh? That's kind of that's kind of interesting when you look at it that way. As far as like 
man, they waited so long to put the sequel out. And it's like, it's because they still needed to put the sequel <laughs> yeah, out. Shit. Exactly. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I, think, uh, I think you're right that this has some deficiencies, especially with the female character. I mean, because yeah. there are none. There yeah, just yeah. aren't. I mean, the, the scientist later, she doesn't have much of a character either. No, not really. Yeah. Now, the third story in here is uh, about rampant racism in, in politics. Yeah. Which, you know, that that's the thing is like whenever you have the people that are writing the laws that affect you and they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. That's pretty scary. When they specifically hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Steve it, King. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like we again, it's 20 fucking 19 and we still have people that are open, mm-hmm. open racist. Well, here's the open thing. white supremacists, open, you know, fucking KKK supporters. People that maybe won't even condemn the KKK or their support. They won't of even them. just say out loud, the KKK is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you won't even say that. And again, they're making laws that affect you. That has to feel so unbelievably shitty. Like, yeah. in, in my lifetime, I've never had a politician write a law or enact any kind of policy. That is like, they don't give a shit about white people. That's never happened. No. It's never happened. I've never had a law or anything come into play that has affected me because of my race. Here's the thing you need to recognize, or we all need to recognize, is that when a law even seems like it might hurt some white people, white people go fucking nuts about it. Oh, sure. Absolutely so. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't see how a law that's going to only affect black people gets them so upset. Which is addressed in this. Like, it starts with the guy's campaign ad, and he's like, affirmative action is denying good people jobs, (sighs) blah, blah, blah. When? When has it ever done that? Right. Like, seriously. When? My job. Anyway, here's the thing, though, that I was going to say that we, we do need to really understand is that Ruby Bridges, who was the first, uh, young black girl to integrate a school in Alabama. Oh, right, right. She's yeah. 64 years old. That's not old. That's not old at all. 64? She's 64 years old. That's a generation. Yeah, that's old we're enough to be not, We are not distant from all of the shit that happened in the 50s and 60s. It's easy to forget about because yep. it's black and white photos and yep. we weren't there, but... Good not that God, long ago. That's not that fucking long nope. ago, man. No, it's not. I mean, of course... <laughs> We're in a country that forgot Hitler was bad, so... Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I guess no it's short memories. No shit, man. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that, so this is... Yeah, it's... We're in a situation here where... Uh, we're dealing with institutional racism. We're dealing with the people who make the laws... Actively hating a, a, a race or portion of people... A large and making portion of the laws population. To harm them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, see, that's the thing is like when people, okay, so when a white person says, how's it not racist if a black person says they don't white, like white people? It is racist. You know what it's not? It's not institutionally racist. Right. That black guy who works at that restaurant that doesn't like white people, he makes no policy decisions. Right. He doesn't make any decisions regarding all white people. Right. All he makes are decisions regarding what he does to white people. So if he goes out and starts killing white people, we'll do something about it. Until then, yeah, maybe he's a racist, but his racism doesn't harm anyone. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of those things that you know, again, which is I think something that this movie does really well is talk about those fears that I just can't even understand. Like yeah. I've never had somebody at the top that doesn't have my best interest in mind. Yeah, I'm a white male. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I was a rich white yeah, male, I was they would say, have my I, best, I, best interest in mind. There are people who definitely hate us because we don't have enough money. Yeah, exactly. And make laws to make right. it harder for us to ever get money. But at the same time, I know that I can escape my economic level and become a rich person. It's possible. Yeah, it's, exactly. I mean, less and less possible, but yeah, it's still possible. But it's still po- it's more possible than changing my race. That's true. And suddenly having politicians care about me because exactly, I'm a yeah. different color than what I was when I was born. Yeah, you know, uh, that that's a fear that I can't understand. No, it's it's foreign. It's alien. The yeah. entire concept of it is like, but that's the thing too. Is like. All the people that say reverse racism or like white people are under attack or whatever is like even uh, none of that is happening. But even the fear of it maybe possibly happening makes them re-embrace Hitler. Wow. Like makes them (laughs) re-embrace the idea of absolute genocide. Yeah. The fear that maybe a little bit something some law might harm you, which should raise alarm bells in everyone's head like oh this is what black people feel like all the time all the time yeah this is their constant life this is their world right but instead no it's like oh no no that that's real bad we should all get together and kill everyone who's not us yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck those people i can't get i just don't understand it anyway i guess the horror element of this tale is that he lives in this plantation that was owned by a slave owner that yeah. decided to kill all the slaves rather than free him and then it was bought by a freed slave that yeah. that made dolls of all the slaves that were killed yeah and their souls are basically captured or kept in the the doll. Yeah. yeah. And there's like this painting and uh-huh. the dolls keep going missing from the painting, which is cool. <laughs> it is I cool. I like that element. I think that's pretty cool. And basically think- these dolls wreak havoc and kill the, the, the terrible white politician yeah. guy. I, I don't know. I think in the end, the horror of this is that a white politician can be racist. Yeah. Well, that, that's, like the actual, yeah. like when he gets killed, it's like, good. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like, I think that there's... With, with several of the stories in this, I think that there's kind of like two different levels of, of horror to it. Right. Where it's like, I think a white person watches that first story and they're like, zombies are scary. Oh, boy. But then like probably a black person watches it and they're like, yeah, cops can fucking kill us and get away with it. I thought we were watching a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's <laughs> this like... This is in, just life. In this, uh, in this third story, it's like... Scary dolls. Yeah. My word. Oh, my lord. <laughs> my word. Yeah. But then it's like, to, you know, you show that same story to a, a black person. They're probably like, wow, institutional racism. Wonderful. Yeah. People, this is great. People writing policies and laws that don't give a fuck about me. Yeah. That's actually scary. Yeah. There ain't no doll that's coming to life in this world. Yeah. But there are terrible white people that are not interested in helping you. Making decisions for you. Yeah. That fucking sucks. It really does. And Corbin Burton is really good as a racist in this. I know. He really he plays it well. Like, he comes across... Like, he actually comes across to me like Frank Underwood. I think I think maybe Kevin Spacey, in between trying to have sex with teenage boys, <laughs> was watching Corbin Burton's performance in this to be he's Frank good. Underwood. Because yeah. it, it's very similar. It's one of the best performances in the movie, mm-hmm. I think. He's very, very hateable and very... Oh, so hateable. Very real, uh-huh. too. And, and then he has his... Uh, 
his assistant, Rhodey. Yeah. Who we've seen before in Final Destination. <laughs> Final Destination. Uh-huh. Overacting his dick off oh, in that gosh. movie. But playing a much more subtle role yeah, in this, and this one. Yeah, he's, he's like... Basically, he doesn't care at all about the black community. He just cares about his career. And so, yeah. servicing his own career, he will work for this entirely racist politician, which yeah. kind of affects the way he talks and acts. And he aids him in kind of pandering uh-huh. and, and saying, it's like, here's the right way to say this, yeah. to not come across mm-hmm. like a piece of shit like you really are. Right. And he gets his comeuppance, too. He's the yes, first he one to die in this. He's the first one killed. Yeah. Which is like, it has to, that's an expression of frustration of like, how can you work for this man and do this? Yeah, yeah. You know what you're doing, right? right. Like, yeah. you, he's worse than you, but I'm getting you out of the way first. Right. Because <laughs> you're helping to validate the shit he says. Well, but again, that kind of goes back to even the, the first story in this, that I think that it doesn't just put the blame on the terrible white right, devil doing yeah. this stuff. It's Everyone like also, involved in it. yeah, if mm-hmm. you have a voice in this and you're not speaking up, you're part of the problem. And I think that's a very bold move, especially to be, you know, in the fucking mid nineties and stuff when stuff was really fucking bad for yeah. black people in this country. Yeah. I think that's a very bold and progressive move to put some responsibility on the shoulders of everybody that's involved in these things. It truly is. Yeah. You know, it is really like this, this movie definitely, just didn't get the credit it no, deserved huh. for really distilling a lot of what was going on at the time and working as, as you said, like a double horror movie where white people and black people see two different horrors. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely so. And the fun, interesting thing about that is that the white people's idea of horror is some bullshit that's made up. That's impossible. And the black people's idea of horror <laughs> is shit that is happening <laughs> to them. No shit, dude. Like, no shit. Yeah, it's a real it's good juxtaposition. It's a way... It's smart, dude. Yeah, it's, it's really a way Rusty smart. Cardiff's definitely saying, like, guys, horror for us is real. Yeah, it's the real <laughs> shit. Yeah. Horror for you guys is the stuff that's impossible. Yeah. It's, li- like a little it's living dolls and zombies yeah. and stuff. What do you think about the special effects of like the stop motion? I loved that. I think it, they look great. Yeah. It reminded me, was it the was it Black Street that had the video that also had puppets that looked kind of like that, but they were I more smooth, remember. less like less intentionally scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was Black Street. I'm not positive, but yeah, I love I love the way it looks. I was, yeah, it, I love that they keep showing the doll outside of the context of motion because when it is moving, that's sort of green screen stuff. Yeah, and like if we hadn't seen the doll so many times before that, it would just look cheap. But it actually ends up looking convincing. It looks awesome. Yeah. It really, really does. And yeah, it is some very smart shooting and stuff like that. It's not like a super ultra obvious. Yeah. They did it very, very well. Mm-hmm. I like the story. This Overall, the third story might be the most like well acted and, yes, and well put together so. one of the I entire think so. thing. Uh-huh. And I think the message is the clearest. All right. Of see. like, we got to do something about these racist yeah. politicians. Before we get into the last story here, I want to crack open one more. Oh, man. came to us from Michigan. Yeah, Tim sent us this one. This is from Old Nation. Yeah, I've never I've never had any of this I haven't stuff. either. I'm excited. I've got some Skype students that are Michiganites. Yeah. Michiganers. I think it's Michiganers. Michiganers? Yeah. That have bragged about their incredible breweries and stuff they had up there. And I'm starting to believe the hype. This is a... 
M43. Oh. This is part of the New Orthodox India Pale Ale series. This oh. is a New England India Excited. Pale Ale. I love a New England style. It's got an IBU of six, 65, 6.8% ABV. Damn. I'm excited about this. It says don't freak out sediment and what you can do about it. It's okay. Roll the can for even sediment distribution. So I'm going to just roll this thing around here a little bit. I like an IPA that's kind of unfiltered and has some sediment Mm -hmm. and stuff in there. That's usually very okay by me. So let's just roll this thing around here a little bit. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? You know, it's funny. One of the first things I did today... Just listen to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> you know what? There's this YouTube channel that I follow. Uh, the guy's username is Joe PH. J-O and then P-H. Fuh. Joe. And uh, basically this guy uploads isolated tracks of the craziest shit. Okay. And it's just stems. It's just isolated tracks. It's like you can you can go on his channel and find like the tambourine track from Sir Duke. Okay. It's just like, how the fuck do you have access to this? It's impossible that you even have this. And he uploads all this stuff. And one of the ones he uploaded today was the guitar track from Nookie by Limp Biscuit. Okay. Which, if you go and just listen, I mean, obviously Limp Biscuit fucking sucks. But it's like, if you listen to the isolated guitar track and stuff on that, pretty good track. Some, there's some weird stuff going on. Yeah. It's one of the first things well, I, I did mean, today. I think we all know the reason why we don't like Limp Biscuit. And it's not anyone who's playing an instrument. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> this beer smells phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I just got a whiff of it. It smells super danky and what funky. What in the hell is that? Is it the best thing of all time? It is so... That is so different. There's I've so never had many different like flavors that. going on there. Like, There's a weird sourness to it, too. Yeah. That's oh, kind so, of funky. Uh, he, they used like uh, five different types of, oh, four different types of hops here. So okay. maybe that has something to do with it. Dang. It does. It hits different parts of the tongue. Because like on the edges of my tongue, it feels kind of fruit punchy, but it's it's really like. There's a sourness to it There's a sourness too. to it. And it's like, you wow. can smell it from so far away. Yeah, you you can, can just smell it in the glass. Funky. Dang. Yeah, that is one of the most unique IPAs I reckon I've ever had. Yeah, that's good stuff. The fourth story here in this anthology uh-huh. is where <laughs> shit gets really gets fucking some, real. Yeah, I'm glad that insane. they put this as the fourth one. Yeah. It's been kind of building This would towards... have been too much from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And it would have like undercut the importance of the others. I mean, not only is the message and tone of this one so much more dark and intense, mm-hmm. but also just the whole aesthetic of this one is really way different than the other ones. Yeah, there's a lot more... Like, there's a lot of weird, surreal stuff when yeah, he goes into very much. the, like, whatever facility where they take yeah. him to do it's tests. Got this weird, like, industrial... Yeah. Kind of... Uh, it looks like a ministry video, maybe. Yeah. Or a Nine Inch Nails video. Very much yeah. so. Very, very much so. Yeah, it does. And that's been very different from the other locations in the movie, which have shown us, you know, upscale neighborhoods and uh, the ghetto and... Uh, plantation homes yeah. and stuff like this. Like this goes to a place that is completely surreal and dreamlike and horrific and well, because it unrelatable. is a, a dream, I guess. Technically. Yeah, it's as, like as the it last out. moment someone's going through it before they die. But it also shows us some of the sharpest sideburns I've about ever seen. <laughs> you could fucking <laughs> open an envelope with those sideburns. Raise a shot if you needed to. Yeah, might as well. 
razor sharp sideburns on our guy here. He was a, I guess, kind of a gangster dude. Mm hmm. And who sees a guy who's been talking some shit, I guess. Yeah, and blows him away. Yeah. And then we get the sort of fake. He gets arrested by police. Like, it's almost immediate. He gets saved that it, by the cops. Yeah, it's almost yeah. immediate that it's fake, too, though, because it's like we would have heard the cops show up. We would have seen the lights. Yeah, suddenly there's like a million cops yeah. all around him, and they, they shoot the guys who are trying to get him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they, they take him to jail. They save his life after yeah. he got shot. And then offer him um, basically the clockwork orange offer. What just happened? Did the beer taste different? It is just a really it's interesting It's all over the brew, place. I dude. love it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, But yeah, it's like a very clockwork orange scenario. Yeah. Where it's like if you agree to rehabilitation, then you're free to go. They take him and they throw him in this cell next to a, a white, white supremacist. supremacist. Yeah. And this this is when I think stuff got really like, oh shit, like really fucked up. Like at first it starts yeah. off and it's it's really fucked up because he's in this cell next to this guy with like swastika tattoos yeah. and like horrible racist stuff just tattooed right. all over his body. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to him about how his whole goal is to like cleanse the world of the black race. Yeah. And if he's lucky, he can become his slave and live. Mm-hmm. The rest of his life as a slave. Really throwing the word around a lot. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that—that's when shit gets like really, mm-hmm. really dark and really fucked yeah. up. And he hits the, the the main gangster guy with this question of just like, well, what color were the people that you killed? Yeah, you're my kind of guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's the the moral of this this tale. Yeah, is that I and mean, I I think. Uh, before this, I was saying that, like, when we were talking about this ahead of time, I was saying, I think there's a major problem with mm. this message of, well, you know, black people, you need to stop killing each other, too. Like, it's on par with these other Yeah, it's just issues. it's just what white supremacists that also want to kill you yeah. want to be doing. Yeah. You know? It's that, like you're, in essence, helping their cause. Right. Yeah. And I think what um, I didn't notice until just now is that he has the he has an audience in mind for each of these shorts and the audience for this last short is black people who are in the midst of gang related activity right and he's speaking harshly to them like Very he, much he's so. rusty kind of is saying like what you're doing is the same bullshit we've been trying to get away from right um so when when i see this i see it as like well like you're you're shifting a lot of the blame back to black people that shouldn't be shifted on them because the CIA flooded the their neighborhoods with crack. Right, and, yeah. You know, we had the Tulsa race riot and the, the one instance where black people got together and created this nice, successful town, white people just couldn't handle it oh, and yeah, destroyed, destroyed their town. It. Like, right. we, it, there's so many reasons why black people are being held down that cannot be boiled down to just stop shooting each other. Right. So for me, I was thinking, this is a weird way you undercut the message. I understand. But yeah. then I realized, as we've been talking about this, I think he was. He's speaking now. He's like, okay, white people, fucking, you're, you can watch. But I have nothing to say to you. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying right now, I'm saying to the gangbangers out there, the hard asses, the badass dudes. Yeah, you have to stop. Right. What you're doing is what white supremacists want you to do. Yeah, it's helping the enemy. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. That's there's a good some. Segment. There's some really intense imagery and stuff. I love that part where right whenever he goes into the facility and he sees like 
it's like a rolling rack of like body bags with uh-huh. bodies hanging upside down. Yes. Very, very <laughs> intense, it's weird aesthetically imagery. a very weird yeah. area. I, I mean, like con- it. Considering that everything else setting wise had been very real world and stuff. Yeah. When it gets to that part, shit gets really surreal very fast. It does. And then when he's in the sensory deprivation chamber and it starts playing like that the the Born to Die soundtrack, uh-huh. which is really intense, and showing us that montage yeah. of like all the people he's real. Killed. Well, and not only that, but also oh, all the, the real. Oh God, yeah. When it photos showed. and videos of actual Whoa. violence towards blacks, whether it's in the form of the KKK yeah, or gang violence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, crime scene photos, newspaper yeah. clippings, and stuff like that. And it's it, it's a long fucking yeah. montage. The roughest it's long. shit. It's real. Like to see is just like people used to send pictures of lynchings, like postcards yeah like exactly. everybody's hanging out having a good time killing a black man like, i mean it, it shows and we're like, not talking like 200 years ago we're talking no. like the 50s yeah like your your grandparents when yeah. they were a kid your grandparents could have gone to one of these things i mean it shows there's like one photo in there if i recall of like a, a black man being hung from a tree mm. and like a a a pretty little white girl in like yeah. a little Sunday just dress, there, like, just smiling. standing there, like, "Yeah, we we killed a black man." That's yeah, not yeah. long ago, dude. Yeah, and that little white girl would be somebody's young grandmother, right? Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of uh, the stuff at the end of. Remember, I talked about Black Klansman last uh-huh. episode. Oh yeah, yeah. At I the mean, end, it shows this that. stuff that's still going on. Yeah, it shows us the stuff like Charlottesville and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. It reminded me very much of that, where it's just like, at the end of this, even after, you know, stories of zombie cops and devil dolls and monsters and stuff like this, this movie at the very end, in the last section of it, chooses to remind you, hey, this is real shit that's actually happening. Right. Makes it, I mean, more horrific than... 99% 99% of all yes. other horror movies because yeah. it just reminds you point yeah. blank like hey here's yeah. photos like it shows you photos it, of dead black people yeah it really subverts the genre of horror by yeah. being because the fun of horror is removed from it it's, yeah it's there's, not there's no anymore. threat I mean that we've yeah. talked about that with horror like the, the thing that's so fun about horror is it's like riding a roller coaster where there is no actual threat yeah. you're watching scary things you're feeling scary things but you're in the security of your own home. Right. There is no threat. And this, it's real. It shows it's you like the a real, true, extremely yeah. real. Yeah, I yeah, I think that again, that confrontation is just like you look at it, yeah. look at what's happening in the the you know sequel. You can, do? you can look at it. <laughs> Did you tell them to look at it? Look at it. Um, <laughs> in the sequel, there is a segment that's somewhat like this, similar, and I, I would say the sequel actually follows similar pattern to this. Okay. So each of the segments have some similarities to this stuff. Uh, and in that one, in the sequel, there's an Emmett Till. Um, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. There's an Emmett Till segment. If you don't know who Emmett Till is, he was a young man from Chicago who was murdered when he went to the South to stay with his aunt and uncle and uh, saw a white woman walk past and whistled at her. Yeah. And then he was beaten Brutally, to death yeah. And I believe castrated. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
They show like in the sequel they sh- they show the picture of his beaten face like Holy shit. several times cuz it Ugh. needs to be seen. Yeah. It needs to be remembered yeah. like this happened. Wow. You can't you can say you're not racist, but you're so close to it. You're mm. so close to it that you can't pull out and say like, "Oh, I am acting this way towards white people and this way towards black people Mm -hmm. because of some thought in my head that makes me think of them as inferior. Mm -hmm. You can't fix it until you see it. Right. So you have to pull yourself out and realize like, we're not that far from it and it's all back and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. We say it's back. It didn't go anywhere in the first place. Yeah. It never left. It's still there. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's intense, dude. It's really, really, and, and then it, it's interesting too that at the end of that, like after seeing, you know, the real consequences of white on black and black on black violence through history, and then also you know being confronted with his his victims, and you know one of them's like a girl, like a little girl that he, he actually yeah, killed he just, in a drive by right. shooting and stuff. At the end of it, he's all just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's what he's saying as he actually dies in the real world. Yeah, he, he will not accept responsibility for his actions. Yeah. It just keeps saying, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and they do. Fuck. They address the, like, what about what happened to me and what, like, I was raised in this, etc. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you were, but, yeah. like, you're not, you're not going to change it. Right. By being raised in it and just continuing it. Right. Got to break the Racists cycle. as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly you're not going to right. change anything by just pretending your family's perfect. Right. Your family's not perfect. Your grandfather's a racist. Change. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you know, after all that, I don't give a fuck, he wakes up. He's he's never been saved by the cops. Yeah. And he gets killed by the gang members. And guess who those gang members are? It's our three dudes that have been in the framing device. What? That, bum, 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 bum. And man, they want the shit. They're getting tired of all these stories. They want the shit. <laughs> Turns out. Yes. The you, shit. You'll get the shit. <laughs> My <favorite>. You'll be <laughs> knee deep <laughs> in the shit. Love those the pauses. pauses God, dude. kill it, dude. Here's the, Williams third, so the definition hard. of just chewing yeah. up the scenery. Yeah. God, he's so my, good. My absolute favorite moment is he has his like cigar, yeah, and he's just smoking it, and he's like acting so like nervous. Oh, he's the like whole twitching time. out he's, like, twitching. like crazy. He takes a cigar and he just puts it in his, po- in his pocket, <laughs> and it's still burning. I didn't even notice which that. Which had to have been an actor choice because the frame of the camera wasn't set up to see the like, joke, like show it to you. Yeah, like, so okay. he was just like, "This will be funny if I just take my cigar, That's still awesome. lit, and put it in my pocket because there was smoke still coming out a little bit." <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so he takes him down to like the the basement mm. where he's got the shit in these three coffins. Uh-huh. The the gang guys open up the coffins to get the shit, but it turns out Guess it's their what? dead bodies. No, my dead body is in this coffin. Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love it. I I, yeah. I will say I do wish they would not have indulged themselves. Yeah, in the showing, CGI like, there. The yeah, end. well. Specifically, the snake tongue like popping yeah. out of the gap in between his teeth. Yeah, I wish it's they just had like, not oh, done that. Man, that's yeah. pretty bad. The transformation into like the devil at the end. Yeah, it looks it's okay. Good. Yeah, it's very dust till dawn. It yeah. looks exactly like the CG. Mm-hmm. And actually, even the 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 devil figure looks very much like one of the vampires in Dust Till Dawn yeah. as well. Very very much like that. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool ending. I liked it. Yeah. 
I like it. It's like it's kind of <laughs> silly. It's kind of uh-huh. scary. Either way, I didn't really expect it. Yeah. Well, I like it. Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> it's badass, man. <laughs> yeah. Does the sequel contain any carryover? So this one, are there any like characters no. or thr- okay? It's no, just no, a completely uh, different anthology. The, the sequel is um, it's set in modern day. Keith David plays the the role of sort of the crypt keeper, but it's a whole different setup. Like okay. he he's been called in to help. They're creating a a robot that is going to work for justice. And he's he's <laughs> like Wait, you're describing chopping mall, right? And he's supposed to tell the robot stories so that it can learn to understand okay humanity. all right all right and so he tells it all these stories and oh, I, I won't ruin it okay the, I need CG, to watch it. the cg at the end of the sequel also a little shitty <laughs> the robot i don't know if you've seen this but on youtube there's this commercial for this law firm that is like obviously ripping off the avengers but like no, real terrible this. cgi i love it already it looks the CGI is on the same level, okay. which was like insane to me because it was made in 2018 by Netflix. Like it <laughs> probably should have a little bit better CG. But you still recommend watching? Oh it? yeah, I would recommend. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But like, and maybe that was like a callback to the shitty CG. Yeah, of this. yeah. Like yeah. I, I feel like it was intentional. intentional. Yeah. And I would recommend watching this movie, dude. Yes, I it's really on would. Shutter. Go check it. I think that it's a lot of fun. Again, it far exceeded my expectations, but I enjoyed it, man. Again, cool soundtrack stuff, cool visual effects in there, some some good acting. There's some there's some kind of crap acting. I think that uh, Rusty Kundiff, uh, Kundiff yeah, yeah he's, he's not a great actor. He's not very no. good. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of the M Night Shyamalan of this, where it's right. just like you should, really shouldn't have put yourself. Yeah, in don't this put movie. yourself in this. It's not very good. <laughs> There's not, again, it's not perfect or anything like that. I wish that there were stronger uh, female roles right. in this movie. That, that would have really good. helped, yeah. But still, just a, just a fun watch. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Each story is a good length. Yeah. I dig it. I think I'm going to hit this thing with probably, a, I'm going to say like a seven. Damn. About a seven, I think. All right. Where are you sitting? That sitting sideways? Right yeah, I mean, I'm sitting sideways. Paul Wall? Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, I think seven sounds about right to yeah. me. I have a, I have more nostalgia for this because I did see it as a, an early teen and like, this was at a period where, like, we watched Desert Storm. Like, oh we yeah, watched a war. I vividly remember. Yeah. And then we watched the L.A. riots. Yeah, we watched O.J. running from the police. Like we oh, watched yeah. everything. And everybody was basically seeing all the same things because we didn't have this sort of on-demand ability to watch whatever you want at any time. You just mm-hmm. watch what was on TV, and if all the news is covering this one thing, that's what you're watching today. Well, and also, too, that's during a time period where, you know, whenever you're us and it's 1990, what, 93, 94, when Rodney King stuff happened? 92. 92, uh-huh. okay. In 1992, so I was, you know, uh, eight years old. Yeah. Whenever that stuff was going on, you were what nine or ten? Uh, ten, yeah, yeah. Huh. And because this wasn't the time of the internet, where everybody can go and voice their opinion and have right. their voice heard and seen, I mean, all that you ever saw was well, whatever the news showed you, and yeah. then you talked to other white people in your mm-hmm. podunk community, and they'd about, be like, "You see how the black people are all looting?" Uh, like, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it's like this was during a time period where you only. You, you, know, saw, you saw what they showed you. You saw what they showed you, yeah. yeah. And the only viewpoints you heard were the people in your community. 
And if you were living in a community like we did, which is like 99% all middle class, yeah, low class Yeah, you heard how Rodney people, King was a crackhead and he probably exactly deserved right. a, a beating, etc. Yeah, there were yeah. no other opinions being offered yeah. to, to us, you know, even as the majority. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this movie is very important for taking a stand the way yeah. that it did during that period. Well, it, I remember it was nice for me um, as... Because like... I don't know. It sounds like I'm rewriting my own history, but I was always very politically minded, yeah. even as a kid. Like I, I remember specifically um, <laughs> uh, being angry at people who wanted uh, shit. Was it Bush? Yeah. Who wanted Bush to win the presidency in '92 or '88? Oh, so OG Bush. Yeah, OG Bush. I remember as a kid being like, no, but he's a bad person. Like, mm-hmm. like I had specific opinions about it. And I remember specifically being like, like just upset at my family and people who would be like, oh, yeah, Rodney King deserved that beating or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. What yeah. Are you ta- like, did you see the video? Did you see what happened? Like, mm-hmm. that's insane to me. And so while I never experienced anything like that and I'm not even going to pretend like I understand racism, um, this this was a movie that I felt akin to mm-hmm. because it expressed opinions I also felt. Wow, yeah. Like, it was expressing the opinion that th- there's really something wrong with race relations in this country, and we really have to do something about the fact that the police and the government are choosing to make these things happen Yeah, and not allowing black people the opportunity to, to succeed. And so I, I really liked this movie back then. I watch it now. It kind of depresses me, but yeah. <laughs> I like it more for that, that it right. had enough vision to say, like, these are things that are are consistently problems for yeah, us. affecting us As a community, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoy it. I love it. I think it's worth watching. I, I think the sequel's worth watching. Some people don't like it. Other people like it a lot. I would say, for me, the, the sequel is... It's a... a on par, a little lower, maybe a little more wacky okay. and funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this for sure, I think I think you're right. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. Yeah. Way to go, Tales from the Hood. You're in the seven club. Woo! I don't know what that is. Just made it up. <laughs> well, Steve, what are we gonna be talking about on the show next week? Oh man. We are talking about Attack the Block. Which and I've I never bet, seen. I bet a lot of people listening haven't seen it. Attack you, the you block. You need to see it. John Boyega, Nick Frost. Um, I love it already. A number of people you're going to recognize. Oh, Jody Williams, the the current doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it Whitaker. Jody Whitaker. Sorry. Okay. Uh, she's in it. Yeah, and it's fun, funny sci-fi horror. I like. But that. it's also got like a. It's got a heart to it. It's got right. a message. Okay, I look forward to checking that one out, man. Is it is it streaming anywhere right now, or is it a rental? Uh, sorry, I think we looked it up, and I think you can rent it on okay. a few different things: iTunes, cool. Amazon. But I don't think it's streaming anymore. Well, I'll be sure to do that. In the meantime, you guys be sure to go on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using, rate and review this show. Pretty, pretty, please. We would really appreciate it. it just takes you a second to do, and helps us out for all eternity. To make our names echo in the halls of Valhalla. Jeez. I know, right? I didn't know that's what this podcast was Yeah, for. that's why I'm always encouraging the reviews. Damn. Okay, so yeah, more much. reviews, guys. I would like that. Yeah, Echoing definitely so. in the halls of Valhalla? Sounds pretty sick, right? 
I mean, Idris Elba's there. <laughs> I want to hang awesome. with that guy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they follow us on social Medina? Um, you could maybe check out at Dead Lovely Pod. You could on the Twitter and the Instagram. Maybe you could also go to Facebook, where we have could. the Dead and Lovely Podcast Horror Movie Group. Hang. Just look up Dead and Lovely Group. I believe in you. You also got us. that Discord jam going. We on. got that Discord jam. If you want the um, uh, link to it, I've posted it before. I'll post it again. Also, you can just email us, and I'll send it to you. Yeah, come hang out and uh, chat with us. To email us, deadandlovelypod at gmail Yes, indeed, Rama. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel as well for new content all the doggone dang time. All the doggone dang time. I think tomorrow. Uh, we might not have a new video because of some yeah, issues. Yeah, I've had I've had myself a yeah. kind of a lot, might a lot of plates spinning here lately. Yeah. I might try to put something together, but uh, just saying that gave me anxiety. So, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dorit and Lovely. Be sure to tune in next week for another hot, hot show. Hot, hot. Ow. You guys are gonna be knee deep in the shit. Bye. Bye.